Prenderville Show, Red FM. Morning, all. It's uh, it's still for many Christmas, and it will continue to be across this week. And I know things are much quieter, and the schools are off, and it's still important, I suppose, to be turning on the Christmas tree of a morning, make the most out of it. Uh, I know that in previous years, I've often spoken with people on the air who put it up in October and don't take it down till February or March. I don't know whether you're one of those or not, but I hope that the Christmas went well for everybody. You had a happy and peaceful time. Uh, town time now is supposed to be looking at shedding the poundage as a consequence <laughs> of the Christmas eating and what have you and drinking as well. Paper-wise this morning um, there's a lot of reflection in the papers as, as you would think. There's a lovely supplement, there's an inside page a uh, few pages in this morning's examiner that look at all sorts of different years and decades but there's a pullout in the Echo today that looks at uh, um, I think they might have been doing it uh, over the past few days as well, revisiting different years and they go way back to 1954 and they go actually in some of the photographs with the supplement of the Echo today they go back to 1934 so it's kind of everything with the four in it um, you know the arrival of Duns on, on Patrick Street the uh, you know the, the success of Yall as a as a holiday destination over the past hundred years or so uh, the Allens at, at uh, the Ballymaloo dynasty down there uh, you know Black Friday on, on Lee side 1984 is one of the ones that they figure on uh, why do I mention that because it was the close of Ford's factory 800 people automatically joined the dole back in 1984 uh, 67 years of an industrial link with Ford's on Leeside and loads and loads of photographs not just uh, you know stories with regards to the economy or lifestyle on Leeside but many many uh, sporting stories as well there's a great photograph of Roy Keane and Dennis Irwin receiving their jury's sports star awards in 1994 uh, following their exploits in the Irish team and boy do they look young and sharp and well suited and booted and Sonia as well with numerous photographs of her triumphant successes uh, on the track so it's a really lovely supplement making uh, this morning's uh, Echo it goes back the back page of it then stretches back over 175 years so have a look at it for yourself it's, it's well worth a look if you're interested and in, we go into a new year an awful lot of the time the papers kind of reminisce and look back at yesteryear and rightly so some things that haven't changed on Lee's side front of the Echo today the shocking state of water and the quality of our water on Side, I think it's fair to say that Ishke Aaron or Irish Water deserves all of the criticism that households and Cork in Cork have been giving them over the recent months and indeed years. TDs want water talks is a headline I'm making the front page of the Echo today. Um, and um, I am happy to say uh, that at some stage uh, we will have some kind of a light rail system here uh, on Leaside. You know, if it's anything to go by the timeline for the Cork Events Centre, then I wouldn't be holding my breath from a promise from the Taoiseach that will happen in the next 10 years. But a DART-type transport system for Cork is achievable in the next 5 to 10 years. That could be deemed as fact or notional, as in we have a notion to do it, we hope it will happen. Um, unfortunately, a lot of these projections, whether it's children's hospitals or Cork event centres, uh, fail ever to come to fruition and the timescale that they talk about. But they are saying in the Echo today that it will cost €1 billion Euro for this light rail system. Uh, it'll be the Cork Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy. I don't know how you'd shorten that to a kind of a dart type word. I'm sure you can come up with it on yourself. Uh, but it will go, firstly, I think, initially, if uh, a moment of question, it'll be kind of east-west 
taking in a lot of suburbs along the way and through the city and what have you and a way off to the east but uh, east-west return if you like uh, but it's certainly making both the examiner and the echo today uh, unfortunately a very bad year for road fatalities the entire year 184 people died add to that nearly 1300 people who suffered serious injuries uh, when the statistics um, were finally tallied up in the middle of December and we often fail to remember the amount of really horrific injuries that people suffer in road accidents uh, but at the same time the papers are also talking about people are grieving because one life too many is one life lost is one too many but they break down fatalities by county to county in the mail today and if you're interested in the Cork statistic uh, 15 for 2023 up by 2 on last year um, there was a year 2020 when 22 people died on Cork Road so when you look at the, the last decade or so it's bad bad news on a road sadly there are more roads to begin with there are more cars uh, there are more homes now with more than one or even maybe even two cars and added to the fact that there are way more people living in Ireland now and driving many of them having come over uh, from overseas and beyond but Liz O'Donnell has said that we're going to have more and more speed cameras in an effort to try and slow people down uh, as we look at the 184 people who died in Irish Ro- on Irish roads in 2023. There are other stories making the news. Of course, um, you know, uh, certainly housing is a big ticket item. I'll turn back to this story a little later on this morning. I hope to talk to the property editor of the Irish Examiner, Tommy Barker, about this. But landlords need more tax breaks, according to the uh, housing minister, Dara O'Brien. And at the same time, uh, the amount of properties that are available makes the front page of the mail today. 30,000 house buyers for 11,000 available homes. And apparently, and some of the questions I'll be asking Tommy Barker will have much to do with Cork where the average price of a home in Cork a city and county fell slightly in the final three months of 2023 but still prices are up uh, four and six percent respectively when you look at a year ago so they're up four percent in the city and they're still up six percent in the county in spite of a slight drop now they're looking at the average um, and, and I mean this is an average figure you'll get higher and you'll certainly get lower but Cork City the average price of a home now stands at just under 338,000 euro um, 338,000 you'll get significantly more but also you'll get um, some I don't think as many significantly less so the papers deal with that also there's a very sad story you know how we often hear of elderly people and sometimes not to, not so elderly by and large it's uh, elderly pensioners who have died and uh, aren't discovered for lengthy periods of time God knows we have very sad stories in that regard here in Cork over the past few years it's a story making the examiner today of a man found in a rural bungalow in North Kerry in the village of Dua and they figure that he may have lain dead in the house for several months he was a private man and a reclusive man and passed away some months ago and was only recently discovered. If you followed news over, over the Christmas period, one of, one of the stories, of course, involves this former pub in Dublin, which was targeted on New Year's Eve. That still makes many of the, the newspapers today. I mean, it's quite obvious, really, isn't it, that this is arson? These kind of premises and properties don't set themselves on fire or spontaneously combust well. I suppose I'm wrong there. There could be an electrical fire. But um, I think that everybody kind of knew the writing on the wall because there was all these rumours that it was going to be used for housing, asylum seekers and war refugees. Uh, And now, of course, those in authority have come out and said those rumours were false. But apparently the Gardaí have mounted extra patrols now 
around asylum centres around the country and indeed even politicians' homes for fear that there could be more attacks from what they call the far right. In in lighter news, and you heard uh, that uh, there was a dart story made uh, the radio news there just at nine o'clock. There is a second one, actually. They come up with have two different research stories for you. One is dafter than the other. And apparently, if you're a dart player, apparently you're very good in the sack. Forgive me now. And I fortunately, unfortunately, there's probably children listening to this, so I need to be careful. But apparently dart players are very good when it comes to bedroom activity. I'll say no more than that. I suppose they never get bored. Get it? Dart bored? In the bedroom, uh, so dart players apparently, according to the recent research, top the tr- top the uh, top the survey. But those that are worst apparently when it comes to closing the bedroom door are wherever. Uh, <laughs> conscious of young people listening, the worst apparently are table tennis players, cricketers, and boxers. So take that as you will. But the one that is very interesting to me is like uh, as if there's not enough doom and gloom and depression in the world and fear. Now we hear that the scented candle, what you did get for Christmas as a Christmas gift, may be bad for your health. And God knows there was an awful lot of them sold. What are the big ones? We all hear the Yankee candles, the scented Yankee candles. But we in we in Brown Thomas at all or BT. Heard somebody call it caches over the Christmas. And they've got their own, it's got, and, and Joe Malone's got their own counter there selling nothing more than candles. Candles, candles, candles. So the Joe Malone ones, which are quite expensive, were huge big gifts over the Christmas period. And Claire was telling me that she was in BT and she saw a 420 euro Joe Malone candle that weighed two kilos and it had four wicks on it. I don't know if you can jump on start of the new year so we're allowed to have a bit of fun for God's sake Uh, but there's research out now saying that burning um, scented candles in the home is harmful to your health because the fragrances are linked to migraine irritation of the eyes and throat and a risk of respiratory disease. I mean, would you be bothered getting out of bed in the morning with stories like that? Huh? <laughs> I know, and I love I love scented candles. I love the candles now lighting over Christmas and things like that. Have you no cough? You feel in any way under the weather? No. Headaches or anything? Bit of migraine? I'd say now you'd have to have about 100 candles lighting inside the living room and, you know, doors and windows closed, <laughs> ventilation closed and everything like that. I, I Like, to be honest, I, it wouldn't put me off lighting a candle. I love a scented candle. <laughs> Oh, and I, like that one I saw on Joe Malone. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was I was inside in Brown Thomas at Christmas, and I saw a, a friend of mine had actually gotten like one of the regular size Joe Malone candles for Christmas. And this is typical now. She said it's too good to light. It's just too nice to light. What does she I do? Just it. smell it? Exactly. So I was looking around at the candles, and then I saw this one, and it's like a bucket it's huge like it is massive a two kilo candle and I was just laughing at it because it looks so novel so I said to the girl I said come here I said how much is that candle and she said I think it's I think it's about 400 or maybe 420 something like that it's a four wick candle and I was like oh my god and she said one of the ladies who also works at the counter had bought one um, and she says she's had it for about five years she said and does she light it (laughs) yeah there's fears burning in that candle then isn't there I'd say there's about 300 hours <laughs> so it's good value in the long run it kinda. is and the, the quality of the Joe Malone stuff is really good like but uh, it should be spending euro. for I don't know yeah or do they know, sell many of them I'd say they do you'd see the 420 the, oh, I mean the 420 I couldn't tell you oh no I, I they sell it. loads and loads and I, it's a big gift item at Christmas you it know. is people love a candle it's a great one for like the friends the mothers-in-law you know the sisters that kind of thing the aunties it's great but 
I don't know if I'd be getting 10 of them for my aunties and my sisters and things. But do you, know what, do you know what I often think about those two wick, three wick and mm. four wick candles? They're a bad buy because the candle never burns correctly yeah. with all those wicks. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. You end up wasting an awful lot of it and then one or two of the wicks is unattainable even if you're jabbing at it with knives and things. You're yeah, better and off with... Yeah, you can go sideways and then oh, the, yeah, the wax I, I think one wick is the way to go, isn't it? Yeah, like I've never I've never had a, a four wick, a two kilo candle but you're taking maybe a bit of a risk buying that one. Especially if it's in a kind of a drafty place and you have some of the wicks kind of... Those wicks get on my wick. <laughs> Although, without naming anybody, I do okay. know I do know of somebody that insists on the Joe Malone candle being blown out if you leave the room. That it would never be left to burn on its own. Well, I, it's too expensive. I heard about someone, who was telling me this? I don't know now, but I heard about someone and apparently they're like a really fancy person and they have a Joe Malone scent for each room in the house. Oh, which should be well. A, a different scent, and and you. So in each room, you have a particular candle and diffuser. As an influencer, surely. You know, I I can't remember who they were now. Who it was? But but every room would have this scent for the kitchen, that scent for the bathroom, this scent for the spare room. You what? Know. And they're all lighting. Yeah, I'd say they'd. Well, if if they're able to afford a different scent of candle diffuser per room, oh I'd say they're the ones God. that can I'd keep them lit. Clear, it's you, isn't it? <laughs> it's definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've sent the candles at home, but it's for a different reason. It's to mask something else. <laughs> oh, but Oh, there he goes, dragging the conversation down to his toilet humour again. What are you going to do? Actually, you know, talking about Christmas gifts or things that you do or don't do, do you wear... Can you talk to me a little bit about pyjamas? Mm-hmm. There was a story there over the over the Christmas where a particular shop in the north side had to kindly ask people, stop coming in to shop in pyjamas. Right. Are the pyjamas perhaps getting a raw, a raw deal here in the sense that they might be designer and very expensive? Yeah. I think there are... That two, they're not yeah. $2.99 in pennies pyjamas like. Well, there's kind of two... There's kind of two types of pyjamas I think people have as well. They have like the pyjamas you sleep in and then you have to like day wear. The They're day going wear. out pyjamas. Yeah, well, maybe but I are they la- are they loungewear or pyjamas? I suppose the that's in the eye of the beholder a bit, isn't it? Because the ones that I've seen and I have seen them, yeah, they're pyjamas. I see them in in the aisles of supermarkets in pyjamas. But I suppose, like, if you're say if you go to sleep in one set of pyjamas and then you wake up and you change into a set that you're going out but in, you, is that different? They're still pyjamas, but they're not the ones you kind of sleep in. But for other different. people, you see, they don't, they don't know, know whether or not this person just couldn't be bothered changing or mm-hmm. is, is shopping and things. They're handling food produce. Yeah. They're in, in aisles of supermarkets or whatever in the yeah. pyjamas they slept in and it's unhygienic. You see it a lot though, don't you? Like it is. Very, is it any of it our business? Common. That's another thing. Is it any of our business? Because you don't know either. Like the clothes people are wearing, sure. Have they put them through the wash? Have they just been like that? Have they been wearing those clothes for two weeks? Well, that is true. But you know? at least, at least they got clothes on. You know. <laughs> I well, know. You, you have a lot of stars that are doing this now. Yeah. So you've you have Selena, Selena Gomez, for instance. Uh, walking around in her night attire, uh, she was there spotted a, How much a few they, years though? back. I mean, what she pay? Are they Schwarzkopf crystal designer. encrusted designer. Well, I'm just looking at them here, and they just look like a bog standard pennies buy. Okay. okay. And are there other uh, other establishments that have to put up signs asking people, please don't come in and shop in pajamas? Isn't it? Well, first you, time I've heard this story. Yeah. Do you remember? Was it about a year and a half ago? There was uh, the Sage and Stone up in County Meath. Mm. Didn't she put in a, a, a ban because they were they were coming in their fluffy slippers and their uh, 
their um, what do they call them? The oh, the robes, the, like robes, the dressing gowns. The dressing gowns, but they have a posh name for them, <laughs> and she had to she had to ban them. Yeah, that I was, do remember that. We spoke with her, I think. Yeah, we did. That we was, had her on. That was a huge one, actually. But because I know we posted it on on social overnight. It's very interesting. I want to read some of the texts and what have you on it. But I'd love to get people's opinions on it as well. Pajamas in public, yay or nay? Text 0868104106. Back after the break. You're listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Court's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. There was a post up over the weekend about it and then ultimately it was taken down by the company involved. I think maybe they were getting too much of a, a pushback, maybe from people who felt that it was okay to wear pyjamas. So whether it's wearing pyjamas when you go shopping, uh, do other people wear pyjamas on the school run of a morning or in the afternoon or lunchtime for collection or would you? Would it be acceptable, say for instance, I was wondering as well, whether you could go to work in your pyjamas. Interesting responses to this uh, over the past 24 hours though. Uh, it's dead right if people want to do it. I was in Penny's last Friday to see a mother and her two daughters all in their finest pyjamas doing the Christmas shopping complete with slippers and dressing gown. So they were all decked out. Uh, another texter here says, I wear loungewear with Schwarzkowski crystal slippers. I shower and put perfume, makeup on and look as fabulous as if I was wearing a suit. So I'll wear what I choose. If my money is not welcome, I'll shop elsewhere. Another one here, Robert says, businesses are run by private citizens. They're providing a service to the public. They're well within their rights not to serve someone who's wearing pyjamas. Yes, you can wear them, but it doesn't mean you have the right to be served. Get dressed, you lazy people, and show some respect for yourselves and others. Rosie says, I always go to the shop in my jammies and I shall not be stopping. Wear whatever you feel comfortable in and surely it's illegal not to serve someone in pyjamas. Don't be so ridiculous, Cork. Uh, wake up. Uh, and just one more. I saw a girl in duns in her pyjamas and morning gown pushing a buggy. I looked and thought it was a disgrace. Our primary school has a sign-up saying no bedroom attire allowed at school gates dropping off or picking up. So um, this is a, a story that I dealt with uh, some years back, but it, it certainly seems to uh, be as contentious now as it was those years ago. So text on that one, text 0868104106. I want to get the opinion of the beauty writer and glamour guru, Mary Jane, also known as Glamity Jane. She joins me by phone. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Neil. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So talk to me about this this ongoing topic. A business in Cork at the weekend put up a sign saying if you're shopping, words to the effect of, it's a big, big north side shop, please don't wear pyjamas. Um, and there was a bit of a pushback to it. Right or wrong? I kind of think, like, I think people should be allowed to wear what they want. Absolutely no problem with that at all. But I can see um, as from... A retailer's perspective, like I worked in retail for a long time and um, we certainly would have had people coming into the shop. Um, one of the, the one of the stores I worked in, it was uh, uh, like a luxury um, perfume store and we would have had people coming in in their pyjamas kind of regularly enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not, like it's not very nice for the person behind the counter to be, you know, for somebody to be like fishing out the out money out of their bra. Oh, I, the there are a number of texts actually saying that, um, that the money then, yeah. where is it kept? Um, and uh, yeah. obviously people working in retail have been texting and saying that it's coming from the bra. Not a very nice yeah. thing on a hot, no, if we ever no. get it, a hot summer's day. Oh, just, you know, 
I guess like the, the thought of somebody maybe coming in in fluffy slippers kind of trudging wet through the shop I, I can totally understand um, where that's coming from you know um, I, I, I think like there is kind of a level of of you know, you talk there about whether we should be allowed to wear them to work. Um, I think dress codes, like if you go to work in a company, then you have to uh, adhere by their dress code. Um, and I think just from a retail perspective, I suppose, are they kind of isolate a certain group of people? Maybe, perhaps they are. But if the staff want to be dealing with somebody fishing money out of their bra then that's okay too mm, you mm. know I think that there has to be kind of a level of respect that you have for the other people are they and sleeping like, in those you, are they sleeping in those same pyjamas or have they got daytime pyjamas and if they do have daytime are they expensive just I'm just trying to cut them a break here you know like so there is kind of there has been a, a big surge towards um, things like athleisure wear and loungewear Athleisure is kind of like a kind of posh, like the more kind of vintage, like Puma tracksuits and stuff like that. And before, you know, Neil, you'd never been served in a pub in town in no. a pair of runners. No. Whereas now it's 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 far more acceptable. So that's the athleisure part of it. And then you have loungewear, which is actually as expensive as a tracksuit. It's as expensive as a pair of jeans. The loungewear then is kind of a bit more luxurious. Um, and you can't kind of, it, there is a fine line between that and a tracksuit because some of them are quite fitted and they're made for, um, like, let's be honest, it's Ireland as well. People aren't going out in their pyjamas as in their silky, sexy, negligee pyjamas. Like, it's you're talking about fluffy ones or, or big kind of ones for the weather. That's right. Um, okay, so we can park you know, we can park what? the silky ones. We can park, say, for instance, the leisure wear and the tracksuits. They are not pyjamas. Yeah. We know a pyjama set when we see someone wearing it. Yeah. Why, why do people wear are they are they lazy or is it a fashion state what is the reason I think it's just um, because you know society has become more accepting of everything that is fashion now um, we're seeing a lot more um, different kind of trends and I think like a lot of younger people like particularly when those onesies came out I'll never forget them um, and they were an absolute scourge humanity like because they were so hot um, the thought of somebody being in bed all night under the duvet sweating in this kind of polyester fleecy kind of onesie like that's the thing as well you know it, it's just for me anyway it's just a hygiene thing I could see myself Okay move around a little bit there Mary Jane because it's, not, it's, not, yeah. it's just breaking up a little bit okay, So, perfect. but do people wear onesies when they go into their local Tesco or Duns or Centra for instance or do they wear onesies dropping the kids and it and even, they if, they, and, and they even if they are dropping the kids and they stay in the car, it's nobody's business. Do they get out of the car? That's, well, that's it. That's it, exactly. And I think a lot of people probably do have, um, you know, a lot of people like to have the pyjama top on under their, under their um, jacket and they might maybe put on a pair of yoga pants or something then um, and runners, you know. But look, if you're not getting out of the car, I, I don't see it as a problem. But I, I do see from a retailer's perspective, I wouldn't like to be serving someone taking money out of their bra um, in, in a shop. That's, and, that's a personal thing. Okay. And do they know, <laughs> according to many of the texts I have here from overnight, do they know those people that are wearing pyjamas that they're being judged by others? That they're being, well, they they're being categorised as being lazy or unhygienic or, um, you know... Well, 
here's one for you instance. Lazy, smelly, dirty, not a care in the world for themselves or others. Really very, 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 very much being judged in the negative. Yeah, that, that's quite scathing now, I have to say. Um, I mean, uh, they must know because I've, anytime I've ever seen someone in their pyjamas, I kind of, I may be slightly immune to it now, but like you would see people kind of staring at them and pointing at them and stuff like that. Um, more so than if somebody was wearing kind of an outrageous outfit with a stetson or something, you know, something mad like that. Um but you no, know, definitely with the pajamas and stuff, and it, it seems to be supermarkets that they seem to go to. So it seems to be kind of that they're coming out for the essentials, um, and you know, from a like whether it's in certain socio-economic areas or not, I don't know. But I know certainly when I was working, um, I, I used to see it. You know, you'd see them heading into Tesco um, in their full and in their dressing gown and slippers now, not just pajamas. You know. That might be kind of hid under a jacket. Yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult. Regalia, like. say, yeah, it's kind of difficult at the same time for retail because you don't ultimately want to be turning customers away. But at the same no, time, you, you are right. It's gross. I've seen a grown woman shopping in pennies yesterday in pajamas. It doesn't take long to get showered and dressed again. This person who's wearing pajamas is being judged as somebody who's unhygienic and never washes and sleeps in the same clothes yeah. that she walks around in. That's it. And you see, like it, you know, do, does the person maybe is, are they feeling a bit mentally low that they just kind of can't motivate themselves to, to have the shower and that kind of thing? And you have to kind of look at that maybe as well. You know, if you have someone, maybe that's a new mom that's a bit exhausted or something like that. But the one thing I would say is that it's primarily women. You don't really see men out in their pyjamas. That's <laughs> the other side of it. Why? Now, I wonder is it because the men don't wear the pyjamas or they just in the boxes or whatever. But, um, yeah, you don't see the men. You don't see the men doing it as much. Or maybe the men's ones are a bit more... Um, it's a style lazy, item then. It's a style more. item. It has yeah. to be a style item. It's not, it's not laziness. It's not that they're unhygienic or anything like that. It's just a it's just a choice, a, a fashion statement, yeah. is it? It, it, it? Like another one here from I, I Kate. I, I once had a woman come in and pay ten euro petrol in her pajamas and took the money out of her bra on a warm summer's day, a fiver, and the rest in sweaty change. She was digging around in her bra for the change. I found it disgusting. It's, yeah, it's, it's vile. And, you know, having worked in retail myself, that is absolutely disgusting, like, um, and the sweat and everything like that. It's absolutely horrendous. Um, and, you know, like, you know, retail workers, you know, it's a hard enough old job. You know, you're working Christmas, you're working New Year's, you're working all the Sundays and things like that now that people have to work. And then for somebody to not even be respectful enough to hand you clean money to pay for their item is is I think pretty bad mm. overall you know mm. Mm. I don't see it I don't see it changing anytime soon do you I, I, I and I you know what I don't see it changing either I think it's a societal thing and I think it's probably going to get worse um as time goes on because you know you can get these pajamas now that are gift boxed and they're like you know this kind of um these kind of like they're almost like um fashion items you know um, and you see people as well, a lot of influencers doing kind of um, loungewear and pyjamas, hauls, you know, so where they're, they are treating them nearly as fashion items. So I think as it goes down through the younger generations, it's probably going to get a little bit worse, you know. OK, it doesn't happen in the workplace, though, does it? No? It doesn't, I don't think, really. Okay. I mean, most places would have some reasonable 
um, type of grooming policy. And I do think that's important. Like, I think that if you're going into a job and they have a grooming policy, as long as it's not, you know, like racist or anything like that, you know, that you can't wear um, something religious. But like if, if there is a grooming policy that says, you know, that you have to wear a uniform or that you have to wear all black or whatever, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, that's a story um, for that's no, a story for say, another day. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I know there's been pushback against uniforms as well and women being asked and forced to wear high heels all day walking around for eight hours a day. I want to talk to, yeah. uh, to John and also to Deirdre, but thank you as always, Mary Jane. Happy New Year okay, to you. Appreciate you. the contribution. Happy New Year. You too. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I'm, I'm conscious of your time because I know you're actually going to work yourself. So to jump, yeah. jump in on this. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, I had a great experience um, when I was working at a show in the US in Springfield, Massachusetts. We were selling Irish goods um, at this big, huge show. But um, we had a couple that came in and um, he had, uh, there was a lady friend, that's what I put, I put it in inverted commas, and uh, he was trying to impress her anyway. And she picked out something that she liked, but uh, she picked out us as well. So he Sorry, you broke up there. You broke up there. You said she picked out something that she liked. What did what what was yeah, it? And yeah, and uh, then she picked out something else. Yeah. So it basically it was an awful lot more money than he had had prepared to spend on her. So uh, he had taken the money out of his pocket and then he proceeded to turn her his back around and start uh, fiddling down in his underpants. <laughs> and he took the rest of the money out. Oh my god. We, of course, we knew exactly what he was doing. Like he took it out of his underpants. Like yeah. so, it so was what, just disgusting. What, what did you say? Did you say you surely don't expect me to take that from you, or what? Well, we weren't supposed to have seen it, but we did see it. And unfortunately, we took the money, but then we went straight to the bathroom. Ah. And I went straight to the bathroom to wash my hands. That is the big problem with notes. You have no idea where it's been before oh. you got it. You know. Oh, Oh my God! When I think about when you came, when you were talking about it on the air this morning, I said, "Oh my God! I have to ring the you But what about pajamas, though? Is it acceptable for people to wear pajamas in public, whether it's on the school run, whether it's in the pub, whether it's in a restaurant, or whether it's in a shopping s- s- scenario? Definitely not. Why? Definitely not. Why? Well, it's well, pajamas are for sleeping in. Yeah. You know, and that's, I suppose, that's what we regard. The runners are for running no, in, but we don't wear. always, we, you know, runners are for the track or for athletics, but I know, we wear them but socially. Is, but I think, I think there are certain pyjamas, I won't call them pyjamas, but they're calling them now loungewear. So basically, they're a step up from a pyjamas. I think they're acceptable. Yes. Like yeah. They're sold in the lingerie, or they're sold in the pyjamas section, but they are a little bit uh, more acceptable. Yes, but pajamas are pajamas, and, and we all know what they look like. They're pajamas, and sometimes with a dressing yeah. gown, and sometimes with slippers. Yeah, yeah? So I, I don't like this dressing gown business and slippers coming in, in into a shop is it's just terrible. But Absolutely why? Terrible. They have money in their pocket. They want to spend. They may not be the ones they slept in. They may have daytime pajamas. Whose business is it? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they're daytime pajamas. I think they're just they're just after getting up and they're going coming in shopping. So, it's just lazy, you know, is it? 
Absolutely. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, dear, as always. A lot of All different right. texts. Mind yourself. Text 0868104106. People have shown more respect for themselves than others. And it's important for you to remind them of this. Well, I'm not here to remind people to do whether or not they wear pajamas. I mean, it's none of my business. I'm not in retail. But however, I mean, I do see people wearing pajamas. I haven't seen a mother and a father and two children in them, but somebody by text here says that they recently saw a mother and the two kids in pyjamas. I don't like answering the door in my pyjamas, never mind going shopping in them, says Kathleen. I was in a Blackpool shop recently and they had that policy for years. Whether it's actually enforced or not, I do not know. Karina says, I think what really gets me is the wearing of the slippers with the pyjamas. And there are many more like this. If they can drive big BMWs and go down to the social welfare office, I'm sure they can put clothes on. Uh, when they're going to the corner shop uh, it's rotten uh, and it's rotten when they go around in pyjamas it's lazy, smelly and dirty and I care in the world for themselves and others but is it anybody else's uh, business? Back to the phone lines we go keep those texts coming text 0868104106 John, good morning Happy New Year How Happy New Year down with all... no, actually no, you're in support of people who wear pyjamas and fluffy slippers is that right? I am indeed, because uh, what I'm listening to this morning, especially the last contributor there, uh, I think there's a lot of class distinction going on here, um, because it's mainly aimed at, oh, if you're in your pyjamas and your dressing gown and your slippers, you're from a working class area, and therefore you're one of those libs as you would say, like those people that couldn't be bothered getting dressed in the morning and go around all day long in their pyjamas and their slippers and their dressing gown. And they drop the kids off at school and they go home and they never get dressed because they're born lazy. And I don't like that kind of an opinion. Well, what, what, what are they? What are they? They're, they're, say, for instance, a mother who's working in the home and rearing children while wearing pyjamas. Yeah, is that a fairer assessment? Yeah, when, when I pass one of my local schools there, I often see women dropping kids off with uh, dressing going on or pyjamas. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. They could have an aged parent at home sick. They could be sick themselves. They might have to go home. And go but how long does it take you to drag on a pair of jeans and a T-shirt or a sweatshirt in the morning? It would take me but, 30 but, seconds. But, but I mean, the thing is, I was in the supermarket last week and there was a, a girl in front of me and she came in in a dressing gown and a pyjama suit. No, she was right in front of me and the next customer to be serving me, right? No, I had no problem with that. No, how did that discommode me in any way? If I, like, how was that supposed to upset me like, and discommode my idea? Just because the way she was dressed, and why should it just come the person behind the counter? Once they had the money to pay for their item, and a lot of people this idea that they're in the same pajamas, they're not. There was a, a, a documentary made some years ago. There, it was called the Pajama Girls, and it was made by RT, and it mostly involved their own belly from in these areas. Yeah. But these girls had special pajamas. They were on the bus and everything. They were they were going out pajamas. They were the ones that got out of bed in. And there's a girl's the hygiene of it. Yeah, but how, I mean, suppose, but how are you supposed to know that hygienically, that they're their daytime pyjamas? How do you know? Is, you can't go up and ask them. But it's none of people's business, I mean, what people wear. Like, I mean, if, as I said, but hygienically, it's other people's business, particularly if it's, in a, I mean, but, if it's but, a retail but, situation but, where there's fruit and veg and food. How, how, like the person in front of you was just after, we'll say, 
but I, I, I'm against the cashless society, like I'm in favour of cash and uh, both, right? But I mean, the thing is, like, the person has just paid before you and handed the cash to the person behind the counter. You don't know what germs were on their hands, like, I mean, or what germs that cashier has handled that money, then handles your purchases, gives you back change, right? So, I mean, are we going to go down like Michael Jackson aside an oxygen tent all day long? Well, I don't know anything about that, but it certainly seems as if, say, for instance, pennies don't have a policy. Policy against pajamas because many texters they here don't. are saying they see people they, in pennies. They do. They don't. They, they, they don't. don't. To, they're, they're one of the biggest uh, suppliers and sellers of pajamas and cockroaches, and everybody knows. But if you walked into your local pajamas. in your pajamas, went up to the counter, uh, say three or four, because it don't seem, it doesn't seem to be men wearing pajamas. If three or four women walked in for a night out in pajamas into the local, should they or would they be served? They should be served because for the simple reason nobody's business as simple as that. Right? As long as they've got money to purchase and they don't cause any problems. Like It doesn't matter to me what people are wearing. Right? Okay. Again, I think it's getting back to class distinction. Right? Simple as that. Okay. All right. Text 0868 Back after the break. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Anyway, I suppose uh, with regards to, say, for instance, a pub, you'd have to get past security and bouncers and door personnel in pyjamas before you ever get to the counter to get served. you know what I'm saying? Anyway, text 0868-104-106. Seamus was out in the Blackpool Shopping Centre to ask if it's acceptable or not to wear pyjamas in public. Have an aged. There's one thing I need to ask you. What, what, what? What, what time is it? Pajama time, pajama time. What time is it? Pajama time. Well, I wouldn't like to be going around in my pajamas anyway. So, yeah, I think it is race. Would you mind somebody coming into your into a coffee shop that you're in, maybe having a coffee in the morning and watching them wearing their pajamas would have put you off? It would, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Because I think it's just not right. Pajamas is for home, leg and bait. Do you think they're lazy, so? Yes. Or is their own decision of what they're wearing coming in, to be honest, like? That's my opinion on it, like. Would you do it yourself? No. No? I wouldn't, but I wouldn't, like, you know, I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't serve somebody only because they're wearing pyjamas, like, you know? It's their own you, choice. You don't seem to put off the other customers? Okay, well, maybe, Would it yeah. put you off? Why is that? <laughs> no, what? Just because, like, they... They look like they're just out of bed. Like they look like they're not putting any effort in. But well, what if it was they're going out pajamas? <laughs> you have a pair of going out pajamas and a pair of staying in pajamas, and you need to re- kind of reevaluate life. I think just one pair of pajamas for the house for sleeping. That's it. You know. Um, I, I suppose there is a dress code, but are they doing any harm? Uh, if it was my shop, no, I wouldn't. It served them anyway. I served them. Of course it would. I mean, do you know what's the difference between the pyjamas and the pants, really? They're covered up. Uh, I, I presume they were respectable looking. And uh, what's the harm in it? I, and if you were in a coffee shop and uh, they came in and they were sitting down with their fluffy fluffy uh, slippers and pyjamas, would it put you off your, your breakfast? No. Would it put you off? It depends on what they're wearing. Well, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. 
Pajamas, they're a house. They're pajamas. They're your house. They're your house. They're your house. I serious. You could have one for going out and one for staying at home. I'd like you to show me going out pajamas. I don't think I've ever seen a going out pajamas. Like, people need to, like, respect their environment, I think. Do you think they're lazy, so not putting, not getting dressed in the morning? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Would you ever do it yourself? Not a chance would I walk in to the shop with the slippers and socks or something. Or whatever they're wearing. So. Would it put you off sitting down having your coffee watching it in the mornings? Someone coming in their fluffy slippers? It probably would, yeah, because you'd look at it straight away. That was each their own, I suppose, but like, why wouldn't you get dressed in the morning? Well, personally speaking, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. No, no, I don't. I think it's not appropriate. No. No, not good at this shops or coffee shops or anything like that. No. Wouldn't agree with it. They're only for bed and around the house. So it takes five minutes to a pair of leggings. That's right, shop. And to the phone lines, Rosie, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are you? Just staying with this, actually. I didn't expect to get as much on it. But anyway, why wouldn't you get dressed in the morning, Rosie? Well, actually, my issue was more with that. Someone said they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't serve someone if they came in in their pajamas, and it brought up the question to me. Like, I definitely have gone to the shop in my. I probably wouldn't go in my full, in my full rig out, my fluffy dressing gown or my slippers. But I've definitely gone over for a last minute thing. If I'm just like fuck it, I'll just run over to my local shop. Pardon the French. Um, Pardon my French. Um, to get something, you know. I suppose you never know someone's situation. Someone could be out of hospital. Um, you know, and I can see how someone would think it's lazy, but I don't ever think that that should allow someone to not be served to buy food, which is a human, a basic human right, you know. Well, I'm just, um, I'm just trying to come up with reasons as to why people would decide that pyjamas are a better option. Um, there was a part of the Vox there where a man said, it's lazy and it shows a lack of respect to others. But you you, you shop in pyjamas, right? I wouldn't say that I shop in pyjamas, but I have gone into the shop in my, a part of my pyjamas, yeah. Okay, okay. Is it because you feel more comfortable in them? Honestly, I feel quite comfortable in, in most of the things that I wear. I think um, it could be just situational. It could be that I'm in a rush. It could be that I just can't be bothered to put on my nicer clothes and I just want to run into the shop for one or two things. Okay, okay. And uh, listen, there's, there's no law against it. I'm just curious as to the reasons why people do it. Do you, do you ever get anybody past remarkable about it or giving you a look or a glare or anything like that? No, if anything, I think people are just laughing. They're just like, it's cute, you know. It, now, if you're in a full, if you're in your full rig out, like, I also think, Jesus, you'd see someone and you're going to judge them and you're going to think, oh God, but I, yeah, for me, I just don't think that that would ever condone someone not being served, served. their groceries. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was my, that yeah. was my issue, you know, with the pyjamas, I get that. It can look lazy, but in the end of the day, who, who cares what someone is wearing, you know? Don't we have a lot bigger issues that are pressing in the world right now than people going to the shop in pyjamas. I think it's pretty a ridiculous debate, no? It, it may well be. However, there's an awful lot of other 
very depressing news stories at the moment and an awful lot of fear in the world and loads and loads of negativity on a world scale. And I probably wouldn't mind talking about pyjamas for a little while as opposed to all of the other awfully sad and negative and, uh, and, 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 and fearsome stories that are going on. But I take your point. Um, some people what do you want- think if the what what would you think if the pajamas were like really gorgeous lacy sexy pajamas? I'd be, wond- I'd be wondering would they be feeling feeling the cold of a January morning as they're trodden around in their very very <laughs> lacy pajamas? <laughs> and I'd be wondering where did they keep their money or their mobile phone and things like that? <laughs> in the fluffy purse, the pajama purse. But you don't get anybody ever saying anything because. A lot of the texts are very judgmental. Um, you know, somebody said, and this is rather unkind, I suppose, but the ones who wear pyjamas in shops probably also have uh, fake tan, false lashes so long and curled uh, that they'd be hitting their foreheads and slug black eyebrows, even though their hair is dyed blonde. Do you see that kind of judgmental attitude? Yeah, but you see that everywhere, don't you, in Ireland, like about anyone. It's so easy to to pass a judgment on someone. Uh, and I think that's just coming from a lot of people's own insecurities and not being comfortable enough in themselves to just go out in your pyjamas. Or you indeed know? others then to just mind their own business, is it? Completely, yeah. Mind your own business, who cares what they look like? It, it says nothing about that person, whether they have long eyelashes or black eyebrows or they're in their pyjamas, you know? Okay, okay, okay. Let me get back to some more text there. Thanks for that. Have a good day. Much obliged to you, Rosie. Uh, it's lazy. It looks ridiculous. I don't think there's another one from Louisa's. I don't think there's any harm in wearing pyjamas in, in the shops if you're comfortable and not doing any harm. What does it matter? Others would push back and say it as issues of hygiene. Neil, uh, there is too much discrimination and judgment in this world with people lately. What does it? What does it have to do with anyone else? What a person is dressed in to support a shop and spend their money there? And I suppose that would up to and include somebody going in with a friend in pajamas and sitting down across from you, um, having a coffee or a spot of lunch, or the case, whatever the case may be. Anyway, keep a comment. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We'll pick up on that and lots more after ten. The Neil Prenderville Show, Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork on Red FM. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Welcome back to lots of text throughout the course of the morning. That and lots more to do. But I was talking and keeping common text 0868104106 when it comes to attire in public. I wonder, does pajama wearing say, uh, what does it say more about the person wearing the pajamas or the person judgmental of the person wearing the pajamas? Uh, text 0868104106. One of the stories that's uh, making the news, and we have uh, an interesting start to the new year in, in many different ways. One has to do with road fatalities in 2023. And then quarter on quarter on quarter, uh, everybody keeps a close eye on house prices. Now, the Mail this morning is talking about 30,000 people wanting to buy a home, but there's only 11,000 homes for sale nationally. And they're saying that a lot of it has to do with the dwindling number of properties on the market, for sure, and that we've never really come back to uh, pre-COVID numbers when there was something in the region of 25,000 homes for sale before COVID. But, you know, anyway, what we do know is there's not enough around and they keep going up in price. How and ever, um, the Echo is reporting this morning that the average price of a home in Cork City and County fell slightly in the final quarter of 2023, but we're still up 
but the increase was kind of slower, if you like, than it would have been in the other quarters. So we're looking at maybe, if you look at Cork City, the average price of a home is just under €338,000. So I could blind you with figures and stats and everything, but I know of a better person who can do it an awful lot better than me, and that's the property editor with the Irish Examiner, Tommy Barker, and he joins me by WhatsApp. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Happy New Year. And many happy returns to you and all of your family. Now, before I talk about those aspects of, of, you know, property prices on Leaside, you did a a fairly deep dive online, um, as I saw it in the Examiner online over the weekend, with the big selling properties uh, across the country. But primarily, if we could look at the Cork ones um, in 2023, much of them down in Kinsale, right? Yeah, it's like an independent republic. I mean, in Cork, we think we're an independent republic, but Kinsale is out on its own. It's just in a completely different league. Um, and it's international. It's completely international, possibly because it's on the coast, possibly because it's a beautiful town, very definitely because it's within half an hour of an airport. You can be in London in less than an hour. Um, and it's just gone absolutely bananas, as I think anybody reading The Examiner or any any other paper would realise. It's just, it's a different world. I mean, two years ago, two and a half, three million was a big, big deal in Kinsale. Now this year, it has been, in the past year, I think there's been three hitting, hitting the five million mark. And one guy who paid close on five million for a house has paid just over five million for a second one. So... As far as I can make out, uh, the, no, the second one isn't on the price register yet, but he's 10 million invested in Kinsale. He's American. Um, and he is looking at spending millions more um, in the Kinsale area. So you know, this, is, this is a US billionaire, isn't it? Um, he bought US Spray, he bought a house in Sandy Cove. And he, why would he buy two? Um, I would have thought because I was in the Sandy Cove house and I would have thought it's walk-in condition but apparently he's doing a good bit of work to know it's a protected structure so he can't change the outside of it and so on. but apparently he's going to spend a lot of money he's worried about coastal erosion it's beside a very very pretty church very exposed spot exposed to the east actually but it does it does get hammered by the weather um, so while he's doing work on that um, he's bought a walk-in place in Silly for I believe five and a half million and that's what you do when you've sold your place in I think Spam Beach in Florida for oh my God. 37 million is what I came across I think he sold there two years ago he's been living on his 80 million super yacht with his husband and the super yacht is called after their dog Scout so it's it's not quite Reggie Blackrock Road where this is Reggie on steroids um, yeah, we don't we, we don't know we don't know if we're living at all really, but it no. is possibly a different world. But but then, <laughs> well, um, well, we just we, we well, just on that point, parking Reggie for a moment, just one second. That eighty million euro super yacht named after his dog Scout will that be berthed in Kinsale then? Um, it's been over in Castle Park Marina right through the summer, on and off. So he won't. He won't keep it off Sprayfield, the house in Sandy Cove, I'd imagine. It's a bit exposed. Certainly the line's just kind of a bit quiet now. I'm not hearing too well. But um, he's he's had it there pretty much through the summer. And I'm told he's had a few parties down in Sprayfield over the past month or two, meeting with the locals and stuff like that and getting to know the lay of the land. Fair play to And him. telling people he's got more to spend. Fair play to him. And then there was there's the Nike Air, a person by the name of Travis Knight that you were writing about in The Examiner. They bought... Um, Ocean Breeze from Joanna Murphy for just change out of five million. Is that right? That's right, yeah, yeah. Captain Shannon, my colleague, wrote, reported that. Um, and that's just, it's almost next door to the second house that this man, James Berwin, um, has bought. So, like, it's it's in Silly. It's the easiest part in the world, Silly Money. <laughs> I've used it till the cows come home and I keep doing it. Um, it. But it is just a different world. But as, as I was saying there earlier, you go up to Dublin, you go to Dorky, you go to Killiney. And 
like there's properties there that would pull the eyes out of your head and when they sell they sell for 10 15 million so like Kinsale is exceptional for us it's like maybe Killaloo in on the Shannon or Kenmare um but it's it's nothing compared to Dublin like you just we have to realize that we're not really quite at the the million pound races when it comes to uh the money that's around Yeah, capital. but you do also in that article go around some of the suburbs of Cork where houses are selling. Is what you, you talk about Bishop's yeah, yeah, Avenue, yeah. the Model Farm Road, one and a half million. You know, you'd be looking at College Road or Black Rock or the Douglas area where certainly a million plus houses are changing hands quite regularly, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And as, as I think I mentioned the piece on Saturday, like a couple of years ago, we could have mentioned every house that made a million quid in Cork. It's 66 now is what we calculated as. Uh, between the city and the county and one and a half like Irish people are kind of there up to one and a half two and a half million in one or two cases there was a social media influencer paid at the end of last year paid two and a half million for Douglas House uh, we haven't named her um, and that that was the biggest um, Cork City sale in I think probably 11 years since just, two after, and a the, half million. just after the crash there's money um, in social influencing and, isn't it if you can get your followers up it's followers with an awful lot of money the more followers the more money right yeah, I don't know how many followers you have, Neil, but look, I, I wish you the best of luck anyway. You're, you're living in one of the better suburbs anyway, so look, your, your chances are good enough anyway when you come to sell. 14,500 followers by comparison oh, to some yeah. of the social media. 265,000. What? <laughs> you're not in the starting line. These two women who bought inside in uh, Maryville both they're up a quarter of a million each <laughs> in terms of followers. Followers, sorry, not income. Play to them. Very good. You've seen, you've yeah, seen it yeah, all, absolutely, though. Absolutely, yeah. It's the Celtic Tigress time. Yeah, yeah. You've, as I say, well, in this case, a Celtic Tigress, I suppose, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yes, exactly. Yeah, we had the Tiger. We know how that ended. So look, the best luck with the women this time. Hopefully they'll have more sense than we did. Yeah. Um, you've seen it all, though, as you said. Just when you thought it got silly, it continues to get sillier and sillier. And and I suppose the prices in Kinsale will only dictate that other properties in the area will follow that upward climb when they come in the market. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's, there's been a knock-on effect already. Like There's been a couple of million paid for houses out in Novel. It's kind of spreading out towards the old head of Kinsale Golf Club. Obviously, the, the most rich and the most famous people drop in there quietly. And there's definitely a ripple effect. Um, and a big thing that's what I'm told from people in West Cork selling and stuff like that, it's fear of climate change. It's people getting away from the Floridas, the Texas, the enormous temperatures, the fires burning states across. I mean, fires in Canada burning right down into America. So people are seeing Ireland as a very safe. I mean, we, we're getting climate extremes, as, as the people in Middleton know, when everywhere else with flooding and, and temperatures and fish kills. But compared to what some other parts of the world where very rich people are living and they see us as a desirable country, yeah. English speaking, the edge of Europe, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, and that's, for them, well, well yeah. trotted out. For many of them, it's it's small change. I, I was just wondering whether it was close access to very good golf clubs as well, probably into the market. And undoubtedly, I'd imagine one or two of them will have a helicopter to get them from A to B, wouldn't you think? Um, I'm pretty sure some of them have private jets as well. I think helicopters are just kind of the hate the hate me. <laughs> They, like these people are just so rich, it's, it, it baffles the mind. I mean, I look at that other great Saturday property supplement in the Financial Times and I try and guess the prices there. I look at stuff in Paris and Switzerland and stuff like that. And I could be out by a decimal point, you know, it's just, um, yeah, yeah, you know, we, like it is, they, these are vulgar sums of money. I'm, I'm under no illusion about that, that that's being paid 
you know, for top Irish properties. I mean, you think you think uh, of other but, areas then, like Crookhaven or places like Baltimore. Did I see in in the articles quite a lengthy article? Maureen O'Hara's house in Glen Gareth went for two and a half million. Things like that. Mad money. Yeah. That was that was the easiest touch ever. Need not to digress, but the, the guy who bought that about five years ago bought it, sat in it, did nothing to it, put it on with a very high price tag, and got got the, the very high sum. Um, having left kind of an older house, just sit there for a couple of years, probably didn't do it any good, and he cleared. I, I don't have the paper in front of me, but he cleared at least a million. Wow! Well, um, I think yeah, just, I think he, he from, yeah from one point three eight million to two point five million. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look how long would you or I? Well, sorry, but most people <laughs> be be working toward that kind of money. Is, you know, it's just uh, the multiples of incomes. It's, it reminds me back in the nineties when I started in property. At one stage, I did. I think it was Cork Cairn, very new house development out in the city's western suburbs, and they were appreciating faster than an AIP bank manager's salary at the time every year. It was. That's when things started to go off yeah. the scale. Yeah. See another one in Dripsy, a young Cork tech finance buyer. Hectic bidding yeah. drove the price to twice its original asking. Is it up to 2.9 yeah. or was it twice 2.9? No, no sorry. It was, the asking, I think, was 2.85 and it went in the end for between, I think, four and a half, five million. Beautiful estate. Just two people went at it, hammer and tongs. And it's one of the few where, like, sorry, I, I forgot that actually. That was one of the strongest. Um, yeah. Yeah, Irish purchased it for a long time. Lovely guys from Blarney, as far as I, as far as I know. I, I spoke to him briefly, um, and sometimes, despite my journalistic, it, it, you know, as soon as I get the names and stuff like that, you just kind of don't want to be putting names. Oh, out well, in, I understand in the media that but as well. I'm just I'm just yeah. looking at the type of people that we feature this morning. One is social media influencers. Two of them, two females. Fair play to them. Another is a young yeah. Cork tech finance buyer. Bear in mind that that tech finance guy needed an awful lot of courage um, to, to, to become successful in the first place and probably worked very hard for the price of it. Absolutely. I, I, if he's much more than 30, it's as old as he is, I'd say. Um, and I think he's planning to get married soon. Um, and it, it's a beautiful estate. And funnily enough, the previous owner of that, the Dripsy estate um, bought very handsomely in Kinsale in the last, over the last two years and has spent over two purses. He spent the guts of $10 million down there as well. Amazing. So it's just, uh, and he's it? Irish, yeah. um, and and very successful business. Um, so yeah, look, it's good to see the Irish out there, but the money coming in from America at the moment, witness the, the likes of the three or four top Kinsale ones, all of five million, and 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 ongoing. I mean, there was one there down in Oyster Haven who was making two million. I think it was one point eight five two million. They're probably baffling listeners now with this, but it was just touching two million. And this guy just came back from the states and said, I'm "American." I said he wanted it, and he topped up the bid with three million. You know, by up to three million, he, he put another million on the table. And the other buyer just just walked away. Absolutely, and apparently, yeah. at the, around the time of that, several members of U two were down around Oyster Haven. Paul McGuinness was down there with the Edge and Adam Clayton. And apparently, one of them looked at the house. Now, I didn't hear that from the agents. I promise you. But uh, yeah. apparently, there was there was some interest. Now, it could have been idle interest because they spent four or five days down there in Oyster Haven in a manor in a kind of a mansion but uh, you know there's yeah it looks like those lads are as rich as creases as well listen uh, how the other half live in that regard but wh- what about other prices I mean we could talk all day about the city and the suburbs because um, you're you're at this game a long long time where is is it the Blackrock Road is, is the big ticket item or is it up around Maryborough now where, where are they fetching the biggest money in the city and suburbs uh, 
that's such a wretched question. I, yeah, do you know what it is? Like, even 50 years ago, I said the addresses haven't changed, and it is Rochestone, Stroke, Maryburg, Douglas, Black Rock, Montanotti. Um, there was a couple of very successful uh, transactions in Montanotti. I think they were bought for um, refugee centres, and um, but there was a couple of two millions up there. Uh, Sunday as well, 1.6 million. Mm. So despite like all the vast expansion of the city into new suburbs and metropolitan Cork and the greater Cork area, it's the the same old, same old are making the money repeatedly, repeatedly. Um, I'm just scratching my head here now to see if I can think of a location that didn't really figure in the, you know, on the radar 20 years ago that, that, that's making millions. And I think it's just, it's, it's the same old stuff. Mm. It's repetitive, mm. location, location, location. And what um, about, uh, the, what about your average three bedroom semi now? They, they take, they take, um, uh, this morning in the in the Examiner and the Echo, three hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred as being the average price in Cork City. But we all know that a brand new three bedroom semi um, is 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 well north of that kind of price. Does it does it surprise you the continual increases? It sickens me in some respects, to be honest, Neil, because I've two two well, I've three adult children. Two of them are looking to to buy in the next while, and just listed them over the last five years and the despair of them, their compatriots, their friends. Practically none of them are are in a position to buy. They're renting. They're paying. Look, that's that's well rehearsed. What people are paying in rent, and half of their cohort, age cohort are talking or have left the country. I have a son coming back from Tasmania, hopefully this year. He said a lot of his friends are back, but like buying a house isn't on the radar for practically for, for practically none of them. Um, you're talking two salaries, you're talking two good salaries. Um, but having said that, like it seems impossible and the figures are are outrageous. And yet, you know, there's, there's, there's anything new that's put up for sale is selling. Uh, what is interesting though, and maybe to hark back to the piece in the echo about the low volume is the fact that I think we're hitting nationally we're hitting maybe 30,000 might go over it for the, the last year and might be up in the mid 30s by the end of this year but the, the majority of those houses now are going to housing associations um, cost rental so the number to available to buy um, is, is dwindling at the moment yeah. that's yeah. probably keeping prices up but look it, it's, it doesn't matter really what the tenure type is once people who, are, who need homes are getting homes um, and the good news is there is a supply of more affordable and cost rental houses finally coming through because it's taken years as everyone knows um, and the government has gone to its head with an election coming up in the next year and a half as well so it knows all the projects it's it's put out there and the, the Creek Cone and the Project Pussig and uh, Help to Buy and First, First Home Scheme but I often really wonder, forgive me for cutting across you, though, the different schemes, do they only drive prices up? Because those that are selling know that there's a little bit of help, could be 30 grand on the help to buy, and they figure it into the prices. Uh, yes and no. They like they definitely they, they are inflationary. Like there's the, the economic argument about that is, is absolutely there. But then there's whatever it is in the help to buy maybe it's 10,000 people over the last few years just would not have been able to afford to buy and I don't see builders reducing well like builders have been very slow to buy land so it's it's, it's a delicate act at mm. the moment and if they can sell out to a housing association or the city hall they'll do it in the morning because they're nervous about affordability as well um yeah. yeah, sorry, just lost my thought. No, it's, I, I mean, like we covered an awful lot of ground. I, I do appreciate you yeah. taking the call this morning because I know you have other things on. But finally, is there any sign, because we get booms and we get busts, it's almost cyclical. 
Uh, I'm wondering, are people yeah. holding off because they're thinking that this has to come to an end at some stage? You'd like to think that, that you know that it will ease off. Everyone remembers the soft landing talk of two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Crash. I must say, I I believed in it at the time, and I I bought a house in two thousand and eight and put money into it and lived there, and and paid the cost of it like an awful lot of other people. Um, and yet I find myself not feeling like like a hypocrite, saying I don't think it's going to be a crash. It's going to be a soft. Ending. I know maybe 18 months ago, David McWilliams, who did call it well in advance the last time around, was calling for a buyer's strike maybe two years ago. Um, and, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, but if you, if you listen to him two years ago, well, you know, prices have gone up 20, 30,000 in the meantime, um, not to dismiss his argument because there's a, there's a logic to it. Like things are very, very expensive. Money is super expensive at the moment. Um, and that's like, yeah, sorry, that's that's the big thing at the moment is interest rates. Mm. That's really calming the market. Mm. That's that's the one thing that's, that's introducing a bit of sanity because people are, people are afraid to trade. If they're afraid to sell their home and they have to go on a new mortgage and they're, they're jumping up two and a half, three percent. So that's what's calming the market at the moment. Mm. And we'll, we'll do next year as well until interest rates start coming down. And after that, it's, it's crystal ball stuff again. I'm yeah, sorry. You don't say. know. Finger in the air stuff. All right. Let's see what 2024 brings. Much obliged to you as always. Thanks for taking the call. As Tommy Barker, the property well. editor with the Irish Examiner. That article is available online, actually. I just kind of skimmed the surface of it. He drills in in loads and loads of detail. US billionaires and Irish social media influencers topping the market from 2023. And as usual, Kinsale hitting the highest notes of all. Text 0868104106 back after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. I mean, I've said it before, and I don't know how many of you would agree with me, but they talk about maybe 4% or whatever the number is, 4% in the city or 6% in the county in 2023. And I often wonder about that because if you see the different, um, if you follow housing estates when they uh, each phase gets released, the phase following the last phase seems to go up an awful lot more than 4% to me. You could have had something that was, uh, you know, one one phase could have been maybe, take for an example, 360,000. And then the next phase that might come online, maybe four or six months later, uh, could be, you know, 400,000 or 410 or whatever. So that strikes me as like seven, eight, maybe even 9% phase on phase. But they say the figure is four and 6%. So who am I to argue? Text 0868104106, particularly if you are buying or have bought or are contemplating on buying property this year. What kind of money do you have? What kind of mortgage? You know, what are the worries that you would have with regards to uh, maybe moving up in the ladder or just getting your very first home? Text 0868104106 and you can email neil at uh, Red but talking about a home or somewhere to live, uh, last year, I was off air at the time, actually, I was on holidays and Mick Mulcahy was on the air and he was talking at the time. And, and this was a story that ran for a few weeks. There was a lot of national interest in Bayata's Bi- story. She had been living in a cow shed, apparently, in North Cork. And before that was living in a mobile home or things like that, or, you know, the landlord uh, had to, she had to move on for various reasons. I wasn't 100% across the story at the time because it was uh, Mick Mulcahy was on the air with, uh, you know, with Seamus and, and with uh, Kevin and Claire. But I just want to update on that story because Bayata joins me again by phone. Bayata, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Lovely, lovely talking to you. As, as I say, I, I wasn't talking to you before because I wasn't on air at the time, but I was delighted with the story and the, how things got resolved for you. Uh, ultimately, you were in you were in a cow shed in North Cork, awful conditions, and then you got the offer of an old farm property, an old farmhouse, I believe. Was that the case? That is the case, yeah. yeah. Um, I was generously offered um, a disused farmhouse, as he put it. Yeah. And um, which was great. And before so that, you were in a in a cow shed, and you were at one stage living on on in a mobile home on land. You know, none of those ideas. How long? How long you were were you living in those kind of situations? Uh, a total of five years. And are you, were you are you on your own? I believe it's just you and pets. I think is that right? Exactly, exactly. Like my my children are all grown; they're all adults. Um, three of them live in Germany. One lives over here, but he's living in rental accommodation himself. So um, it wasn't an option to double up with him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and you just uh, couldn't so find I- somewhere within your rental bracket. Was that the case? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I would have had to, um, yeah, let go of my of my pets, and um, because everything was no pets, no pets, maybe a small dog. Yeah, and, but not six um, dogs and four cats. No way. No. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Um, and you couldn't so, part with them, Bayata. Sure, you couldn't. No. Um, I am willing to downsize and that is what I am doing. Now, within the next um, fortnight, uh, three of the dogs are going to be gone. So I'm going to be left with three dogs. Okay, okay. But but anyway, in, in, in early December, I think you were offered and went to view and I believe moved into this old farmhouse on the land of farmers in East Cork, I think. Yes, exactly. Okay. I went from the very north tip of Cork to the very east tip okay. of Cork, <laughs> and it must come and, as it must have come as a huge relief to you. It was, it was, it was a massive relief, and um, it just felt wonderful to be in. Like even after we've we've done a lot of work in there, there was a lot of tidying up. There still is a lot of work to do, um, but it it was more or less used for um, storage yeah. of everything on the farm. Yeah. And um, all of that needed to be moved out and cleaned up. And um, yeah, I've I've done that. So I I have a bedroom. I have a sitting room. The kitchen is not there yet, um, but there's a bathroom. Um, so with a flushing toilet, warm water coming from the taps mm. and the shower. Mm. So, um, yeah, the lap of luxury, really. Okay. But now comes the news that you have to move out. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Now comes the... My mother said it from day one that she has had an odd feeling. And she's usually right with her odd feelings. Um, that um, she said, you're going to tidy it all up. You're going to, you know, it's going to be habitable. And then they're going to turn around and say they want it for themselves. Okay. Okay, and but but again, I'm only hearing your version of events right now. I hope to hear the yes. other version in, in in a moment or two. But what what were you actually told? And be be accurate about it. What were you you got? I mean, you obviously had the place nicely done up, and you got it maybe nicely put together for Christmas, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then and then what um, happened? 
And then what happened is, um, yeah, I, I kept on getting text messages about um, the dogs being in the yard and also about the, the dog poo in the yard. Now, I do tidy up after my dogs. I do go um, with a bucket and a shovel and I, I pick up their bits and pieces, uh, as you would. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six dogs. Six, six dogs. Um, that's a lot of poo. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. There is. There's no qualms about it. There is, it is a lot of poo. Yes. Um, but I did say how many dogs I have, and I do tidy up after my dogs. Right. 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 Like are they big dogs? My dogs. Um, two of them are rather big. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which are two that are going to be leaving soon. One is going on on Thursday, <laughs> um, and the other one on the eleventh of. Where are, um, where are they? Where are they going? You love those two dogs. Where are they going? Um, those two dogs I am fostering currently, and um, the okay. I've asked the rescue to find them alternative okay. accommodation. And are you paying rent in that in that old farmhouse? Not at the moment. Like he was asked, um, how much rent would he be looking for? And um, like Mick asked him on yeah. day one, how much rent are you looking for in that? And he said, ah, sure, we'll see about that okay. when she's back on her feet. Okay, well, I thought that was very, it was a very kind and generous offer. Absolutely. Uh, and even since you moved in, there's been no mention of any rent or there hasn't been any demand for rent or money. So that's very kind and generous as well. It seems to be the dogs, though, are the reason that this has come off the track, yeah? It seems to be the dogs, yes. Um, that's the reason I was given. Um it's, yeah, like I said, I, I said from day one how many dogs I have, and I do pick up after them. Do I miss one here or there? Absolutely, yeah, yeah that yeah. can happen. Yeah. Because it's it's a big yard. There's a lot of stuff on that yard. Yeah. Uh, I try my best. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a working it farm, so though. Things. Is it a working farm? It is a working farm. You see, you yes. can't, I suppose you can't have people working on a farm moving around with the threat of slipping, hurting or injuring themselves in a, in a working environment. And farms are dangerous places. Absolutely, absolutely. But, um, there is, however, um, yeah, it, it is mucky anyway. It, it's very muddy, so you're slipping and sliding everywhere. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I, I don't want to be the contributor to anybody slipping and sliding. Like, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff standing there. I hurt myself on, on numerous occasions walking into stuff in the dark. Um, that was pushed somewhere. And um, while I was out looking for poo <laughs> or just walking you, from the yeah, car into uh, the house okay, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. You're, you're, you're making as big an effort as you can, you're saying, in spite of the fact that you exactly. might. Yeah. But do they bark all the time, all those dogs? When they hear someone, like when they're inside in the house and I have to keep them inside in the house most of the time because the uh, junior doesn't want the dogs in the yard, then um, 
of course, when somebody is um, in the front or something, then of course they will bark. They will bark, yeah, yeah. But six of them barking at you know, oh, it's, yeah, that will be that will be loud and um, difficult to live with yeah. six six barking dogs. There so, is no neighbours though. Yeah, but uh, you're out at work during the day, are you, with the six dogs in the farmhouse? I am, yes, yeah. I am. Yes. I know, I know. Yeah, it, it sounds as if it's. It's all to do with the dogs or maybe the barking or, or the dog poo because I can't think of any other reason as to why things aren't going so well for you. Have you been given notice to go? Is there a time scale involved? Uh, no, there's no time scale involved. Oh, and I might add that, um, yeah, the, the junior did ask um, about the ESB. Will I be willing to pay for the ESB? Yeah. And I, I said... Yes, and uh, how much would you be looking for for per month? Or um, you know, he wanted to switch it over. Yes, I understand. I, said, I think whatever. that's okay. I mean, you are yeah, you are working, we, so you should be covering yeah. your utilities. Absolutely. Yeah. So I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, whatever way it suits you. And um, I got no reply to that. And then um, I kept on getting messages. Um, yeah, um, any cheap ESB or any free ESB going, and you know, silly stuff like that. Mm, mm, mm. So, you, but you don't have a date to. Well, you donated a lot of furniture and help and bedding. Forgive me, uh, I'm not 100% sure. Were, were the good people of Cork kind and helped you out? Oh, absolutely. They were absolutely amazing. My mind was absolutely blown with everything. Mm. I got some some really lovely furniture that um, the 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 landlord and his son they went and picked it up for me, which was brilliant and very good of them. Like this has really knocked me for six. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, they've been very very kind. If they actually did a lot of the pickups and the movement of furniture yeah. and bedding on your behalf, everything was working yes. out rosy, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Really, really lovely. And um, like every time somebody came to the yard that I didn't know, I was introduced to if I was out. And, um, you know, it was re- like I, I really felt very warmly right. yeah. welcomed. Yeah. No rent, and no utility bills, helping to move <laughs> everything, get you settled in. Yeah. Six dogs and four cats, though. It's come a cropper because of that. I'm not, you know, personally speaking, I wouldn't be all that keen living next door to six dogs and four cats, to be honest, for many different yeah. reasons. I think yeah, it, yeah. May, it may have seemed, it may have seen, and in, pract- in, in theory, it might have seemed fine, but in practice, it's turned out quite differently. It seems like it. It seems like it. But like I, it, it, it came totally out of nowhere. Okay. So what's your next move? I do not know. I do not know. I am totally, um, yeah, up in the air. I don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to. I am, um, yeah, at my wit's end again. Okay, okay. Uh, Hold on there. Don't go anywhere because uh, I wanted uh, David, one of the family members, to listen to my conversation with you. Um, It's difficult because, well, you want to be generous and charitable and they certainly have been all of that. Uh, let's find out if there's much more to add to the story. David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Ah, it's unfortunate. Is it? Is it the dogs, David, or, or what's the story? Uh, the, the dogs and the cats all inside in the house all the time. Like, you know, I, 
I didn't realize they'd be as bad as what they were like. There's the smell of the hose or something else. Like, I don't like saying it like this, but. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, I well, was the order the day, I couldn't go any further. And does it does it bother you? I mean, you were, you weren't using it anyway. So is is that a is that an issue for you? Well, you see, my son is going getting calves, and he needs to get hot water with the with the the hot water system for you know. So you need a good fertilizing for to get the hot water. Yeah. So that doesn't with all the furniture inside in that room. No, there's no room to get up to the fire with with sticks and things like so. I don't. I don't kind of follow you. You're you're talking about the old farmhouse that by the old farmhouse. Yeah, we, we're using that for heating water for the calves. Uh, like dog poo is very bad for calves. And is there a? She says she's doing her best, but is there a lot of it? I know that. I know. Listen, I know there are six dogs, but is there a lot of poo? Oh, there is. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know, but she is picking up a lot of it. She is. I, I must give her that much. I know, I know. It's it's it's, it's all very sad, though, isn't it? It is. It is. I didn't, I didn't think it'd be like that. No, like so. You know, I know she probably said in the staff, but I didn't realize six dogs could do that much poor like. In spite of trying to clean it up, is is it game over? So at this stage, does she have does she have to go? Well, yes, my son is more bothered over the ca- getting the cows. You see, I'm a little bit more relaxed tired of it. You know, we. I don't want to follow my son over here, you see. I know, you're caught in the middle, really. I understand. I no, am, I understand. I you, but you were unbelievably kind and generous. And there was never a mention of rent or utilities no. and help move all of the furniture. So your heart was in the right place. That's what makes this so sad, you know? Yes, yes. And she's put so she's put so much effort into the farmhouse herself, getting it uh, yes. habitable and everything. It's 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 awfully sad to hear that she'll have to go. Yeah, you know, would would it make a difference if the dogs were to go or the cats were to go? It'd be helpful, man. It'd be a help. Yeah, yeah. And where are we on? How, where are we regarding a time scale on this? Um, has she been told? When she'd have to go, or well, we we didn't we didn't discuss that yet. Like, but the calves will be coming soon. So my son is going to see the calves around the place. Like, and why would that be an impact on the calves around the place? Explain that to me. You know, with the, the walking across the yard, now there are buckets of water, and you're standing in pool and bring it into the cow the calves, and you wouldn't know it. Who is and it? They, dog they, pool. They could, dog pool, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they bring it into the couch and you wouldn't know it and next day there's one upside down, so Oh I see. Yeah, my, I see. That's yeah. why it's, that's my son's worry, like so. Yeah, it's it's with regards to not injuring the little calves. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no wouldn't injure them at all, it's just that um poo was very poisonous, like. Oh I see. Okay. You carry disease and things like so you know. So you can see where your son is coming from on this then? I can, yeah, yeah, but I'm the one caught in the middle, like. Your heart was in the right place, but time has now shown some weeks later that it's not ideal going into calving season and safety and disease. And I I guess that where the calves are, it's a very clean, um, hygienic area. Well, it should be okay. It's inside the hair barn there, like, so. Yeah. We we never had any much problem with him before. I can 
just so that you know you don't want to be losing him like. I know and I understand where he's coming from no I do I understand I, I think it's it's just very unfortunate isn't it it is yeah. it is yeah and is there any way of sorting this out well I mentioned about um, a dog one but I don't know is it going to come or not would it, would it be would it be left in a tight a dog run yeah which would be what some sort of uh, a corralled area, fenced area, or something. Yeah, like. yeah, fenced off area for the dogs alone. Like. Yeah, and would you put that in? But I can't afford it. I know. Sure, I know. Oh, I'm money asking. I know. And I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just wondering what's the next move here now. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I couldn't afford it, Neil. I know. I know. I know. So if the dogs stay, oh, sorry, if if it's a if it's a case <laughs> that the dogs aren't going anywhere, everyone has to go. Yeah. Okay. When, when? When? Do you know? Well, I do know, but the cats will coming coming within the next part of two weeks. Okay. No, like so. Okay. And and uh, and your son has told her at this stage that she must go, but we don't have a date as such. Uh, we've no idea as such yet. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, David. Listen. Thank you for that. I I do appreciate you bringing me up to speed from. The family's side of things. Now, David didn't want to go into a, a three-way conversation, and I appreciate that. But, Bayata, you had an opportunity to hear uh, what David is saying. Um, you still with me? I am, yeah. yeah. I am. I'm listening. I think for you to stay, the dogs have to go. Um, yes, yes, I've heard that. Um, well, like I said, and like I've told David already, um, three of the dogs are going to go within the next fortnight. And... Um, of course, they're my dogs. They're my responsibility. I can't be asking David to be putting up dog runs or anything. Um, even though he has previously offered to fence off the, the back part of the house. Um, but if he's not in the financial position to do so anymore, then, of course, it's my responsibility. Um, like, I was only going what by what, what David said to me um, while I was moving in. He said that maybe himself and his son could fence off the back mm. and, um, yeah, yeah. Rest, uh, you know, contain the dogs within that area. That I know, but listen, we all love our pets and we all love our dog, but uh, in, in your case, uh, you know, uh, there this is causing a major issue that, you know, it's, the heart was in the right place initially, but the practicalities for them, it doesn't seem to be working out with, with six dogs now. You're saying that, is it three are going to go? Yeah. You'd be left with... With three dogs? Three are going to go within the next fortnight. Yeah. And then I am left with three dogs, um, yeah, all of which are not very big. Um, and one of them is, he is uh, 13 now at this stage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're not going to be any major hassle. I mean, the other dog, one of them is a German Shepherd puppy. Um, she doesn't look like a puppy anymore. So when she comes bounding towards you, not that she would cause any harm, but um, yeah, I can imagine that people get intimidated. German Shepherd. Yes. Yeah, I certainly would. Hold on there, come back after the break. Cork's number one talk show, The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. The voice of Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday, Cork's Red FM. Okay, it's an unfortunate scenario that uh, Bayata finds herself in, but also the family who were kind and charitable at the beginning. So, Bayata, do you, do you, do you foster rescue dogs, is it? 
I do, yes, yeah. I do. Okay, because the, the worry with the family is that three may go, but you may replace them with others. Um, no, 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 no. Um, this is like, <clears throat> I'm taking a break from the whole fostering okay. thing. Okay. Here's here's my here's my advi- here's my advice to you for yeah. what it's worth. If you want to stay there, if there's any glimmer of hope at all of you staying there, you need to uh, move the other dogs on as well. How would you react to a comment like that? Um, you see, I have um, like I'm like a lot of other people went through through mental health issues um, to very bad depression and stuff like that. And the only ones that would would keep me going and keep me here are like the pets. Um, if it weren't for them, um, I probably wouldn't be here anymore. Oh, I accept that, and I wasn't aware of that either. And um, uh, I yeah. wish you well in your recovery in that regard. But ten pets, ten is a lot. Ten is an awful lot. It is. It is. I appreciate that. I understand that. Well, if you had and one dog, maybe, or maybe you had one dog and one cat, for instance. I mean, this is a life changing. You're going to be out unless you make a decision. And I'm just, I'm just kind of urging you to think carefully about it. You know, like I am not taking in any more. Absolutely not. Like those three are going, and then I am left with three. Yeah, but the three, the three dogs and the three uh, is that that's not acceptable. I've, I just checked in the ad break. It's not acceptable. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I totally understand that, and I see where they're coming from. But like I said, um, I said from from day one, I was very open about the amount of pets that I have. I am aware of the situation. Um, but with but, the best will in the world, I understand what you're saying. Um, but you know, time now—the five or six weeks, or maybe I don't know, two months, or whatever length of time it is has shown that things aren't working out, you see. And I'm just wondering what the next move would be here. I think for, I mean, are you out all day? Like, is it fair on them if you're working all day? You got six dogs and and four cats inside in the house. Is that fair? Uh, well, they are looked after and they do get walked more okay. than others. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just um, saying, I'm just saying all day yeah, long. No. Um, yeah, I am at work. Um, I I work a split week, so I'm I'm gone uh, for three days. Then I am off a day, and then I'm working for two days. So um, it's not that I am gone every day, all day. I know, I know, no, I know. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I'm just here, a bit of an arbitrator between the two to see if there's some way it could be worked yeah. out. And yeah. and uh, and and you know. My my thought process is moving towards whether if you want to stay, the dogs have to go. I know that might sound cruel or very blunt or very matter of fact, but I, I, that seems to be the deal breaker, the dogs. Um, my fear is that um, if I do that, um, like it's like letting go of a family member. Um, if I do that, then something else will pop up. Because I, like, I was given the reason, the original reason is that they want to get a, a grant. This is what the son told me. I know me. absolutely nothing. Grant. I mean, I don't know. Any, I'm not, I wasn't talking with the son. I was talking yeah, with David who finds the cot in the middle here, doesn't want to fall out with his son. Yeah, it's a working yeah. farm. There's an awful lot of dog poo. You're doing your best to clean it up. Um, the dogs are there all of the time. Um, the dogs have to go. Um, you don't have a lease. You don't have um, a rent book. You're not paying any rent. So 
uh, as such. You're there by the generosity of the owner as opposed to I am, yeah. a legal tenant, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. I'm aware of that. Um, I'm aware that I, I don't have any rights, um, which is putting me in a terrible situation. Which could be averted if the dogs aren't there. But you're fairly categoric in the sense that you're saying to me that you won't be getting new homes for the other three, no? I can't, Neil. I can't. Okay, 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 okay. So what's what's next? I don't know. I really don't know. I have to look for for somewhere else, but it's going to be very, very difficult. What, what seemed like ideal and a, and a dream solution to your problem has turned out very different in the new year. It has been, yes, it has been. Um, so, yeah, and the, the message about me having to move out because they want to do it up for, for the daughter um, came on New Year's Eve. The reason is that that might have been just an act of kindness, trying to say it to you nicely. The real reason behind this is the dogs. That's the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it it just can't continue with the dogs. Uh, I mean, difficult and all as it is for you to hear that, that just seems to be the reason. Um, I don't know what you're going to do next. Uh, you put a price on a roof over your head or the love of your pets. It's a hard call. It is a hard call. I mean, I, I lived in a mobile home and then afterwards in a in a cow shed because of them. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I know. You're very uh, devoted to them. I'm, I'm not. I know. It's 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 a cruel it's a cruel ask. I know that for you. It is. It must sound very cruel. Get rid of your pets. Uh, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do because they are your life and they've got you through difficult times. But I don't see any other solution to it unless you start looking for. Somewhere, or, I mean, or, or, or try and try and sit down again with the family. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know. The decision has been made, um, and uh, I'm thinking that the only way that you could resolve it is by finding new homes for your pets. I know that that would resolve a lot, a lot of issues, um, but it's just something that that I find extremely, extremely hard to do. I know. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you back to, to Seamus. I'm out of time right now at this moment in time, but I'm quite sure that this story hasn't run its full course yet. Um, we will see what happens. I'll come back after I'll come back after 11. If there are any updates or any clarifications needed, I'll be back to you, Bayata, but I'll leave it there for now. Back after 11, as I say. You're listening to Court's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Court's Red FM. Now... Prenderville Show, Red FM. Um, if Beata wants a home, tell her she needs to get rid of the dogs. I know it sounds awful and it sounds quite cruel, but uh, texter Annie says, Dogs poo, dog poo is so dangerous and never mind the fact of six dogs barking all day and also, isn't she so lucky that up to now there's been no rent? Quite an amount of texts actually. Uh, the ones that I see have come in in the last 15 or 20 minutes are very much 
uh, centred around what I was saying. It's the dogs are the game changer here. Um, somebody's suggesting actually that dogs around farm, an- farm animals are very, very dangerous. Uh, others suggesting that dogs locked in a house while people go out to work is cruel on the dogs. Another one here saying dogs carry salmonella. Uh, and uh, a lot of people then talking about the generosity of those involved as in the family in the first place. It's sad that it's one thing in theory, you know, this could be a great solution to our homeless problem. But in practical terms, it hasn't worked out that way, certainly with regards to the dogs. But text after text after text is pretty much saying the same thing. It's the dogs here are the game changer. Uh, I will revisit if there's any updates. I certainly will be revisiting because undoubtedly, in some way, shape or form, there will be an update at some stage. Uh, and Beata has to have a long think as to what her next move is going to be. It's kind of sad because uh, everybody was so happy with the story um, uh, the back end of, of last year. And it's sad that it's taken a turn. Uh, for the worse. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Minogue Furniture Middleton. Big winter sale now on. Massive savings on all suites, living, bedroom ranges and more. Everything is reduced. Yes, everything. Minogue Furniture Middleton. Big winter sale now on. Shop in-store or online at minoguefurniture.com. What's a gigabit? Air Gigabit Fibre Broadband has Ireland's most reliable broadband speeds, so it's way better than cable. It's seamless streaming, gaming and downloading all on your own line, so no more sharing your connection with the neighbours. The speed of these giggly bits is stunning. And Virgin Media customers, you can save up to €380 Euro by switching to Air. Call 1-800-500-300-GO-IN-STORE or visit air.ie. Subject to availability and location for Ookla substantiation, saving calculation and full terms, see air.ie forward slash reliable. Exhilarating, captivating, ice skating. Heart racing, invigorating, ice skating. With your mates, maybe dating, ice skating. Why are you waiting? Stop hesitating. Ice skating. Ireland's only ice skating trail at Alpine Skate Trail is back at Foda House and Gardens. For the best skate rates in Cork, visit iceskating.ie. Get your fix of the biggest hits and the freshest new music first, Monday to Thursday from 7 p.m. Red Hits with the 7 at 7, a throwback track, and celebrating the best new Irish music all the way until midnight, only on Cork's Red FM. With Dino's Family Chip Shops, 50 years on the batter. Click and collect dinos.ie. Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. Okay, get on the air, and Anthony, if you want to talk about this uh, text you sent, uh, Happy New Year, welcome to you. He says, um, the new plastic recycling system, I don't think I've ever heard anything as ridiculous as asking people to return plastic and cans to machines and supermarkets. It's totally impractical. Where do you redeem your voucher? I assume only in the shop that allowed you to use the premises to get rid of your rubbish, says Anthony. I I mean, I'm not quite following this. I mean, is it now coming in? Are there supermarkets? Forgive me. Where if I bring my, I think it's the 1st of February they're telling me in my year, where if I bring cans, if I bring all of my diet Pepsi cans, right, or or people bring Guinness cans, or if you bring plastic, or what is it, plastic as well, that you feed them into a machine and the machine gives you an X amount of money by voucher that you can then spend in the shop or the supermarket. What's what's wrong with that? That sounds like to me to be win-win. It used to be that way years ago, where you got money on bottles and what have you, and kids used it as a great way of 
generating a bit of pocket money. But anyway, uh, more on that, please, if you don't mind. Other texts from this morning included, how did I get talking about candles? Oh, they're saying that scented candles, there's research out from Hungary saying it's bad for your health. Give me a break. Burning a scented candle. You might as well watch your money go up and smoke. Boom, boom. There's nothing nicer, though, than the scented candles in the home, I think. So there's not. Certainly in the hallway, you walk in and the... I mean, they're not cheap, I know. Well, they can be cheap, but some of them not so cheap, and that includes the uh, uh, the Joe Malone ones. I have to say, in spite of what you're saying, I feel the effects of scented candles after a while. It affects my eyes and definitely my chest. Um, is that psychosomatic now, or does it really happen? Uh, on the topic of scented candles, I was shopping in town and went into Lush on Oliver Plunkett Street. Came out with a banging headache, says Billy. <laughs> <laughs> are all of the candles lighting inside in Lush or is Lush that's ba- that's bath bombs and soaps and things like that isn't it um, I would imagine the scent in there would be lovely I wonder how you do in a, in, a, in a perfume shop can you imagine that and then some of the biggest responses I've seen in a while was something I dealt with when we started this morning and that is pyjamas in public somebody suggests it depends on who's wearing them I suppose I think that's maybe a, a, a sexual comment as such. Hope you had a good Christmas and that Santa was good to you. Actually, I've done it again. The word is Santa in the text. On the pyjamas story, I will say that I live across from a shop and they have seen me in the best of states. I wouldn't go to Dunn's or do the shopping in pyjamas, though, but I still don't see a problem if you're literally running in for two minutes and home again. Also, with the school runs, I have three young babies myself and an eight-year-old. Getting all of them sorted in the morning is a task in itself. So I do the school run in my pyjamas, but I wouldn't need to get out of the car. So I put a jumper on while driving to the school and it suits me fine. In defense of pyjama wearing. Ali says, I wouldn't go outside the door without my makeup, nice boots, nice boots, nice jeans, and more often than not, a cozy hat. Wearing pyjamas in public is ridiculous. It is nothing short of pure laziness, says Eilish. And there's loads of them. Happy New Year. Recently stayed in a hotel in Killarney. And at breakfast one morning, I saw a girl sitting there in her PJs and her Ugg slippers. She was in her 20s, sitting with the lady who was fully dressed. I thought it was a bit strange, especially in a room full of strangers. But I guess in this day and age, each to their own, says Linda. Those individuals wearing pyjamas in stores are simply seeking a reaction. In my opinion, it is utterly distasteful. And there's loads more. Those pyjama-wearing people couldn't care less about themselves. Would they go to their jobs in them, I wonder, if they had a job? So why should they come to mine? If I was a shop owner, they wouldn't get in the front door. What about men that wear pyjamas out and about? Where do they keep their money? I doubt they're wearing a bra, but you never know these days, says a texter. Um, Well, according to what Calamity Jane was saying this morning, you don't see men in public in pyjamas. It's very much a female fashion statement. Uh, How many pubs in Cork would serve a man or a woman wearing pyjamas? None, I would suggest, but then you never know. I must be one of the very few businesses that encourage clients to come to my business in pyjamas. Loose pyjamas are perfect, you see, for spray tans. They'll go away and I, and I know that their tan won't be ruined. So, pyjama wearing is fine by Anya in the beauty box spray tanning. The two biggest germ carriers, I'd say, money and peanuts on a bar counter. Loads of nibbles on bar peanuts and the valley before them had just been to the toilet. Think about it. Oh my God, don't get me started on that. That is exactly, I believe, 100%, 100%, that that is exactly what happened to me last year. 
I was in an outdoor bar. I was on my own because Paula was doing something else and we had agreed to meet in a particular place in Istanbul and I was sitting there. And it was a beautiful day uh, and I was having a drink and um, out with the, with, the, with the drink came a bowl of peanuts. Um, lots of different varieties of peanuts. There was a regular salted, there was some of the ro- dry roasted uh, and then there was some of the ones that are coated, you know, some of them can be coated in different flavours or what have you. And I automatically started eating them um, and eating them and eating them as you do. Or maybe you don't, but I did. Then my wife came along and she said, are you eating those? And I said, yeah. Oh my God. She said, don't, don't. Like, and that was it, don't. Well, within about four hours, right? Within about four hours, I had the most horrific cramps. Now, these cramps were worse than giving birth to a nine-pound baby. (laughs) See people throwing things at the radio now. How would you know how bad childbirth is? I know, they were really, really bad cramps. And then for two days... It's the morning time, it's the new year. I'm not going to go into the detail of what followed over the next couple of days or the limitations to my movements for the next couple of days or different types of movements for the next couple of days, but it was horrific. And to be absolutely 100% honest, I would trace it back to that bowl of peanuts. I'm not for a moment suggesting that it was a non-hygienic bar or restaurant or anything like that, but I think that those peanuts are kind of like a free-for-all. They may come from a bag or a sack. I I don't know. Maybe in some less salubrious establishments, they move the same bowl of peanuts around to different tables. So you literally have everybody's hands and fingers in them. But I can tell you one thing. I paid a big price. I paid a damn big price. I won't be making mistakes like that again. Anyway, text 0868104106 for whatever may be on your mind. No, and seriously, I need to be very serious about this because this is quite alarming and it's very upsetting for the family involved. Alison joins me by phone. Alison, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm grand, girl. Does your daughter know, um, and all due respect to her, does she know that you're talking to me? She does indeed, yeah. All right, okay. Can you talk us through the story that found yourself having to get a bus up uh, from East Cork all the way out to the CUH um, before I go into the details of what happened there? I don't know, background information. That um, she, well, she, your daughter uh, sadly, and I know you say that she's yeah. aware of you talking, she suffers with mental health issues and also... She does um, indeed and, from and, being and, in a very... Sorry, go, go ahead. On. Yeah, yeah. Just from being in a very abusive relationship for six years, All it right. finally came to a head. Okay. And, uh, okay. and she's home with you up. now, right? Um, at the moment, okay. she doesn't have... <clears throat> this is the whole crisis okay. thing. Okay. So, as you're aware, <clears throat> uh, when you're with a master manipulator, I mean, the abusive relationship, it just became, okay. I just think, impossible for it to think rationally. And anyway, between the jukes and the reels, we ended up in St. Michael's with an urgent letter from her GP. We what did the letter, the you just give me the idea of what the letter may have suggested. Uh, she needed, well I can actually give you the discharge letter from chronic suicidal thoughts discharge home and that was on her GP letter as well and ongoing that this has been ongoing for years. Chronic suicidal thoughts and on that base, you see, I, I won't go into the details of the abuse yeah. and I'm not minimising them, don't no, get me I wrong. No, I don't want to because I'm here to talk about mental thank health. You, thank so, you, it's that, yeah. that, that is a very serious issue, uh, don't get me wrong in that regard, but let me just deal with the fact that it, it led then 
um, on you being very alarmed and worried about your daughter? Uh, yeah, because we'd finally gotten her back. I'm one of the very lucky ones. Look at all those people out there that have children and they don't have support. We took her to Cork, rang twice beforehand. They told us to bring her in. It would sort her out. She's very nervous about going up. Got a letter from the GP, like I explained, and arrived up there. Was sent to a room for two and a half hours. Under this would have key. been in. This would have been in the psychiatric St. service, St. Michael's. Yeah. It was um, the emergency okay. liaison psychiatric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you did that, so and you attended, us, nervous and all yeah. as she was about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up in there, sat in the waiting room for two and a half hours. Docked into a room for health and safety reasons, and she was assessed by a doctor for 20 minutes. Doctor answered the phone three times in the middle of that assessment. This came out, asked to speak to me. I put my concerns across that I wasn't a psychiatrist. I wouldn't be able to sit on her 24 hours. That's why I was here. I needed help, as I also have a son at home who's on the spectrum and it would be very hard for us. You know, to keep everything together, but that was totally no. That's that, that's not why you just sent us home. I asked him why she was saying she, she just. I find it very hard to speak. Sorry, she just got very emotional, broke down, begged him, pleaded him, please. I I really need help. She said, and we were told to go home, and if she did anything, that we were to come back. And I asked, could I have that in writing? I said, are you actually telling my daughter that you're assisting her to suicide? She said, well, I can't write that down. But when, if you do feel you're going to go and do something, basically go and do it. And then ring Ah, but hold on, that wasn't, that wasn't actually said though. Hey, well, it, listen, Neil, I'm not ringing because I don't want to be knocking anyone. I'm here for mental health. And if that's the kind of attitude that they had to us on that night, I asked her for it in writing three times. She said, I can't put that down. So I, I constantly but said to her, are you telling my daughter to go home? And if something drastic happens, she said, and she said, yes. She said, if you feel that you're going to go further with this, she said, um, get back on to us. Okay, but that's not, that's, not an incur- that's not an um, no. that's not a, a, a green light to harm. It's if you're feeling very, very desperate or down or there is suicidal well, ideation. She was, Neil. No, I know that. I know that. No, I just need to be fair to those in the services oh, yeah, no, as no, well. Oh, yeah, no, no. And I said this to the, yeah, yeah. no, 100%. The, the, what was, what was said it. was, call us if you feel as if you are about to do something drastic. Call us. Okay. She said that she couldn't leave the centre that night, that she just felt that she was going to t- try and take her own life, that could they please do something for her. No, okay, now we're getting to the crux of it. And Your daughter said that. Yeah, she pleaded with him. She actually begged him. It was heartbreaking to sit, uh, to stand there and watch a person, regardless of it being my daughter, anybody in this country, to ask and beg for help in an emergency crisis, mental health service, and to be told that, I, I just think it's absolutely, and to put on her form, chronic suicidal thoughts, discharge home. And have you that, do you have that document? Chronic suicidal yeah, thoughts, yeah. discharge home. stress. I asked them what she meant when they spoke to her about recent stress. She said they wouldn't acknowledge 
as such that it was a, an abusive relationship that she was in, even though she had shown. So how did they know? Physical oh, marks. Physical marks. Um, and she just told them that it was a recent stressful situation. And that a crisis team would contact us in the next 24 hours. Well, we got a phone call literally 20 minutes before I'd come on the air to speak to you. And she explained that she felt very abandoned and that she would find it very difficult to go up to the service today. And they told her that it wasn't the doctor's job to assess her mental health. It was their job to assess and decide what help she needed. Five days later... Now, I mean, you were told anybody else. You you were told that somebody would reach out within twenty four hours, but you were in oh, St yeah, Michael's on the twenty eighth of December. Yeah, yeah. And what would I do? And where would I go? And who could I help if she gave me a number, a list of addiction services? So We'd already been on to them last week. They wanted her mental health. They specifically had said before they can accept her. <clears throat> now she is hoping to go in and get help in another. In, but they just told her basically that so t- so to get her mental health sorted, which we tried to do, and a door was shut. Okay. How how did she cope since the twenty eighth up to up to today, the second of January? How did she cope, your daughter? She's under lock and key. She won't go outside the door. She knows knows she's hit rock bottom, which is good in a good way because the only way she can go is up. I just felt that if there was anyone being pushed out the door half a day at night. She was roaring, going up the road. I just wanted to throw myself in. I just and I said, "Look, she, do you know what she said to me, Neil? They don't even want me. So what will I do, Mum?" Because you said you, no. you said in your correspondence to me, you said my daughter was pleading with them to help us. She was in an yes. awful place and fearful that she would take her own life. They told us that she wasn't suicidal enough to go home. No. Um, your daughter, you said, she broke down, shaking and begging them to help her. And they told us there was nothing they could do. Are they saying they're full or they don't have a bed or the wards are crammed or the, the unit is full? Or I, I, I really don't know because I found it very confusing um, uh, after speaking to my daughter a while ago that um, how can a crisis team five days later, if it's not a doctor that assesses their mental health and it's this crisis team, like I don't understand... The crisis team weren't there for us to assess us on the night. So I asked, could I speak to the consultant that made that decision? Because we didn't actually speak to a consultant. We spoke to a senior registrar. And I asked, could I speak to the consultant like, just to make sure that they had made the right decision? I mean, I don't understand why we never got to see the consultant. But I mean, it, it, here's, on, here's, you know? here's, my, here's my issue, really, is, is, is many different aspects to this conversation. But chronic suicidal thoughts discharge home. Um, I'm just thinking myself, and, and you actually make the point in your email to me, how many other people have gone into St. Michael's looking for help and been turned away and have then gone on to hurt themselves? That's, I, I just, because I, I know that if it was a young, per, any person that was put out at half a state at night in that condition, <laughs> on their own, I, my daughter was lucky she had support. She has support, but what about somebody that, that did decide, you know what, yeah, I'm going to go and get help. And then to be turned away like that? But, he, but, he, but even going... too suicidal? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and the fact that, that she presents with her mother, with you, means that it's even more alarming. <laughs> they told me that because she was going home with me and I explained to her, my daughter hasn't 
we had to cut contact because my daughter was in a very bad place and her, you know and finally we were all together and we could support her and she was on the right track and that it wouldn't be good for her. It's not that it would be good for her to come home with me, but I felt that she needed to be in a place like St. Michael's, even for... Even for 24 days. hours observation or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, something. when I... She did say to me, oh, she said, I'll go back to and ask the consultant if we can give you 20 or 72 hours, but um, I don't think that will be happening. And I said, well, who is this consultant? I said, we've been locked into a room for over an hour and we don't know what, what you, we haven't even met the consultant. You know, she spoke to me for literally 10 minutes. I mean, and I put my same concerns across. That well, I, if somebody you know, is she pleading, was in a very bad place yeah. or, no, you your, know. Your daughter, your daughter was well able to, um, um, to state that, that she was pleading for help, wasn't she? Yeah. That she was in a bad yeah, place and she was fearful. She said, please don't send me home. She said, please. And she said, her medication, she said, well, your daughter needs to go home and take her medication. That's a start. I said, but the whole reason we're here is because she's gone off that track. She needs help getting back into the circle of life and getting herself back on track and support. And I just came out of there and I thought, if... Whatever about my own daughter, like I say, because she has support. I mean, it's just any person coming out of there at that time of night or day and having, and you know what, having, you know, how would you say it? They've taken the first step to go and get help. That's a big thing for anybody with an addiction or an abusive relationship. Totally. Making that step is a big one. Uh, Acknowledging that you're in a bad place, you're in a crisis and you need help. And one would think that our health systems and the services of the health system would be there to help and to be there to protect and, um, you know, look after you in circumstances like that. But our, our health system is broken. Are we now suggesting that our mental health service when you actually go in a crisis with your daughter to a psychiatric unit, you're turned away with a note saying chronic suicidal thoughts, discharge home? And the fact they wouldn't acknowledge the um, the domestic abuse, they just put it down as recent stress. I had specifically said this was ongoing for six years. Are they full? She was with have, a have, have, they no, have they no space or what? What's the reason for it? Have they no? I, 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 don't, I really don't know. All I know is that I just, <clears throat> excuse me, had a bit of a loss at the minute because, like I said, the crisis team rang a while ago. Okay, and so tell me about that, that conversation you know, 20 minutes ago or whenever. I don't really know. <clears throat> All I know is that they rang her to say that, you know, we're your crisis team. And she said, you turned me away. She said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I could go up. Um, and they just said, "Look, it wasn't really. It, it's not. It's it's they'll make the decision. The, the decision to assess her and see if it's if she if Saint Michael's can give her help." So who? So, who, who who makes the decision when somebody walks in like that looking for help? That's what I want to know. And how could they? Uh, how could a consultant? not come down to anybody before they make a decision like that and introduce themselves and explain to them. You know, senior registrars, that's, that, that's fine, I have no problem, but I don't think it should be left on that person either to But you can't be turning, daughter. you can't be turning you know? suicidal patients away. You, you can't. 
if somebody presents with a loved one who's fearful for her daughter, notwithstanding the fact that her daughter has said that she's in an awful place, fearful that she would take her own life, to be told that, what, you're not suicidal enough, is it? That's the, that, and my actual son was with me and actually asked, could he ask a question? And he asked her that question. He actually said, are you telling my sister to go home and to assist herself in suicide? And she just put her head down, no, no, but we're telling her to go home and if something does drastic like that happen, bring her back. But sure, the best place for her <laughs> is in St. Michael's then, under the observation of professionals. That's what I would have thought. I thought I would have thought they would have checked her out, took blood, done something. No. No. And I, from There's what a I psychiatrist can gather, not sit down with someone for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour upon arrival and chat with them? Uh, no, we were put into a route. We were very lucky to actually... When we went in, I had rung previously because... The man, the, the man in St. Michael's had said, look, get a referral letter from your GP because otherwise you're going to be in the A&E and that wouldn't be good for with her mental state of mind to have to sit there for hours. But when we went in, the letter wasn't the right letter, so they were going to send us home. So I, he said, you can go over to St. Michael's and see if they'll see you, but I doubt it very much. Well, I managed the, to get in and get up there. Yeah. What did, your, what did her... Can you divulge what just generally what your GP said about your daughter? Just that her mental health was in, it was very bad. She needed urgent care. And urgent care. Urgent that she care. Be, that she should be seen. Well, we went in on that day. I mean, you remember I rang her and she came in from, she dropped everything in fairness to her to write this letter to get her up there. Because we had her now and we, no, you know, we could get her to help. No, no, it's just not you know, but not when it comes to Neil. They can write all these ethos about the national framework, dignity and respect is top of their list, human rights, quality, person-centred, independence. Well, I certainly didn't get that that day. I didn't get dignity anyway, neither did my daughter. You weren't the, you aren't the first story that I've dealt with of a similar nature to this and undoubtedly it won't be the last. Where does she go from now? What What happens next? Um, what happens next is, is that we're actually waiting for, like I said, uh, Tabor Lodge because of the counselling services, but they felt that it was more of her mental health. And they're going to be ringing us today. That's very hard to get into as well, but um, I think it's 6,000. I'm not quite sure the price. 6,000 if you're working and 3,000 if you're not working. They're going to assess her and try and get her mental health but there's a big huge crossover Neil in this country with Tabor Lodge would be addiction and issues mental health, I mean, yeah. and they told us to go and get her mental health sorted went to the mental health they think it's well the abusive relationship that she was in there would have been a lot of addiction in there okay. but we have decided we come to the you know and Tabor Lodge that it's more of a mental health issue yeah. that my daughter has yeah. Yeah. I mean you know so you see, I see the, 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 the services within St. Michael's won't talk to me about an individual case and you understand that because nope. people with 100%. mental health issues, it's very, very, these are very delicate yeah. subjects and they can't be just, you know, give me chapter and verse as to why they did this with a particular patient. I understand all of that, but you can't be turning people away. You just can't. It's just not good enough. You know? they, they just said then we have a crisis plan explained and that never happened until today. And if the patient agrees, we can refer her for an appointment with a community team. What, at 12 o'clock at night? 
So where, what, is it, what does it take for somebody to be admitted into a mental health unit for observation? What does it tell I think there's both words from my understanding and doing a little bit of research after and speaking to people that finally got in there. You have to use key buzzwords. You mention anything. Buzzwords. Buzz, like buzzwords. You even mentioned that you had an addiction or you, you know, they won't even, it's out the door. It's, there's a big overlap, I feel, in this country between everything. If you don't fit into this box or into this box, there's no box for you. You know, I don't think, I just think that anybody indeed is in Ireland can write an ethos. They're just words. You sit down and write that ethos. Exactly. Yeah. They're just words. You know, I, I'm just horrified that dignity and respect comes up at the top of their list. Their list, And we certainly weren't afforded that. Not on the night nor since, particularly with regards to this crisis team will call you within 24 hours. That, that clearly didn't happen. Even picking up the phone didn't happen. Sure, anything could have happened well, between the 28th of December and the 2nd of January. And it's not that, it's just, like I said, I'm not a professional. You know what I mean? You know, people that, you know, have mental health issues or addiction know, issues, they need to be sat on 24 hours a day for the first couple of weeks. They need help from outside agencies. You know what I mean? I thought that's why they were there. So is there a chance you know, then that through the crisis team that she will be able to go in, in for observation or for psychiatric intervention? Well, we're meeting with her GP today and then I'm going to try and get her up to the crisis team. She's very, very wary about going up there because she feels totally abandoned by them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you let me know how the day goes then? I will indeed, I will indeed. And uh, thanks so much for taking the call. All right, Alison. Okay, thank you too. I hope that things improve throughout the course of the day. Do come back. Of course, uh, anybody listening to this that may be able to help or have been in a similar scenario, do get in touch uh, Pick up the phone on 0818104106, text 0868104106 and a very important number as always for those listening. And you know what, the first week in January can be a dark enough full time for people if they have struggles in their lives, the start of another year. Uh, And if you wish to share or indeed you wish to chat with somebody who may be able to help, the Samaritans are always available 24-7 on 116123. That's 116123. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Call the Neil Prendeville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Bizarre story, isn't it? Uh, really and truly is. I keep a close eye on that one in the next couple of days. Text 0868-104-106. You know, you talk about, you know, um, issues regarding, you know, interpersonal skills and interpersonal relationships or dealing with people. And I know... You know, this morning I was talking about, you know, whether or not you should be able to wear pyjamas in public. And that's a bit of a laugh. I mean, it's not going to hugely impact on anybody else's life. It's observational more than anything else. Mental health is a totally different story. But it also reminded me of a letter that I received uh, just before Christmas. This is as good an opportunity as any to read it out because it needs to be read so at least one person uh, will understand or maybe change their views if they have a business or a place where somebody uh, may be suffering, might need a little bit of help. You'll understand it as I read this. Morning, Neil. I'm writing to you for your help regarding people suffering from bowel disease called colitis and bowel disease called Crohn's disease. It is something, unfortunately, that my 19-year-old son is suffering from, Crohn's disease. This disease has left him distressed and suffering with constant anxiety. Reason being, 
every time he goes out, his first port of call is to find out where the bathroom or the toilet facilities are. Because when you suffer from a condition like Crohn's, you need to have access to a toilet straight away as you have no control whatsoever. Over time, he's had to ask in a few places to please use the staff toilet as there was no public toilet available and was refused each time. That was only up to two days ago, still being refused. Um, He was told last year by a nurse at the hospital he attends to get a card that shows his condition to help in the case of needing a toilet in an emergency. We did get the card and he shows this card each time and each time he is still refused. I understand a 19-year-old boy asking to use the toilet can make people unsure, but the card he is showing has his photo ID, his name, which can be checked off his driving licence, the condition he suffers from, and emergency contact numbers. It's hard enough for someone who suffers from this complaint to ask for help in the first place without being told no. On one incident, he was on his way home when he had to ask for help. He showed his card and he was told, go away with yourself. That's not even a real card. He was devastated and in a terrible state by the time he got home, which could have been avoided if they just allowed him access to the bathroom. At the weekend, he was in a well-known supermarket and again needed access to a toilet quickly. He approached three different staff members showing his card to each of them and again was refused each time. Um, One said, we have no toilets. The other said, the other two said, it's for staff only. He also asked at a coffee shop one day and the lady there took one look at his card and took him straight to the staff toilet. A big thank you to the woman at Costa Coffee for doing that. She helped him so much that day by just saying yes. It is a serious, stressful condition which affects people of all ages who are on medication, have regular hospital visits. It can affect your everyday life, having to leave school, college and work because the symptoms get really bad. You literally have to stop everything you're doing. Uh, There are so many people suffering from things we know nothing about. And if we can help in any small way, we would make life so much easier for people. I'm just asking through your program, shop owners, pubs, businesses, if someone is asking for help, showing you a card, explaining their illness, please show them some kindness as they are in a desperate need of your immediate help. Not all illnesses and disabilities are visible, you know. It's a small act of kindness to show someone in need. But for the person suffering with this horrible condition to be allowed access, it is everything. Thank you, Neil. Regards, a loyal listener. And I really hope, I really, really, really hope that by reading that out, the people in business or in a situation where they could help make a huge difference to somebody suffering with Crohn's that needs access to a bathroom... And even more so if they have a card, an identification card showing that they have this condition to help them. It's just, it's just such a simple thing to do. But reading that letter, you can see how life-changing and debilitating it is. And this is through the eyes of a mother who's writing this, uh, this letter on behalf of a 19-year-old son. I hope that this letter and reading it out will make a difference. And that people, I wasn't even aware you could get specific cards for this. Um, and maybe people listening with Crohn's don't even know that there is a particular card that you can get that has your own ID on it and details of who you are, that people would allow you to use a bathroom. It could make a massive, 
massive difference. So happy to read it out and I hope it makes a change. Uh, many people texting already with regards to Alison's situation regarding uh, her own daughter and I'll deal with those in calls after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. I know we were talking about other issues earlier on this morning. I imagine though, uh, yeah, I don't know how many people who are wearing pyjamas, incidentally, in public would ever have a smell of B.O. off them. Um, I imagine that the people who have B.O., or in all walks of life and they'd be wearing clothes I can tell you um, interesting text in that regard um, Tony says who knows how long people not wearing pyjamas are wearing their clothes as in you should be thinking about people who are wearing clothes I've often stood in a queue he says and the smell off other people would be absolutely horrendous what can you do though there's not a whole lot you can do in a queue if you're in a queue and somebody has BO one of the things is that you're absolutely gagging because of it but I think the other issue is do other people actually think it's you you're living with that fear that people think it's you. Um, uh, so nobody business about people wearing the shops is a pity. People don't mind their own business a little bit more. And my husband said it wouldn't be any harm for young, some young people to be wearing pyjamas going out at night. They would certainly be warmer and more dressed than some he's seen about, he tells me. So there's all that and lots more besides. Uh, I must be one of the few business... Oh, I did that one already. We'll come back to them in a few minutes' time. Um, a lot coming in on Alison as well. But there's a, one other observation that I want to make with, with regards to... And a lot of it this morning is how people treat other people. <laughs> Somebody says in an email, you couldn't make this up. And you quite literally couldn't uh, make this up. I'm not so sure I see it through the, per- the eyes of the person who sent me this email, though. Uh, but she says, there are some rude people out there, you know. I was watching something on my phone in the cinema recently. Obviously, I had headphones in and the screen brightness turned down. You see, I had already seen the movie the other day, so I decided instead to watch an episode of a TV show on my phone. When a man threw something at my head, started shouting and clapping at me, and the whole cinema turned to see. <laughs> he was a few rows back. There was no way I was blocking his view of the huge screen. He was a horrible man. Uh, he could just complain to me to staff or come down to me and ask me nicely to put my phone away. I would have said no bother. But when he hit me with something, I didn't say anything back. I was just in too much shock. You couldn't make it up the way people treat others. I wonder what he threw. Would it have been a popcorn? Would it have been a sweet? Um, I mean, what what else? What, what Maybe a Malteser or something at the back of your head? Clearly, he shouldn't have done any of that. But what I can't get out of my head is, what are you doing at the cinema, at a film, that you, a film that you paid to went in there and sit down and you'd seen it before, so you decide instead to watch a show on your phone? Now, I know that you're saying that you turned the brightness down a little bit, but it's pitch dark in there and it would be very distracting to others. Do you not think for somebody to be watching something on their phone? I mean, it must have been bright enough for you to be able to see the screen. And if you can see it, others around you... I mean, I wouldn't fancy it. There was somebody next to me, not interested in the film, and was watching something on their phone. <laughs> but maybe maybe that's the way the world is going these days, and it's nobody else's business what you're doing in the cinema if you're watching a show on your phone or not. I found it quite funny, notwithstanding the fact that he probably, I hope to think it was, might have been a peanut or a Maltese or something like that. 
have no idea. I'm sure, assuming it wasn't a, a brick or a dart or anything like that. But anyway, you couldn't make it up as right. Let me just let me just finish on that actually on human interaction and what have you. Happy New Year to Joseph from Joseph Hairsell in morning. Happy New Year, Neil, my beautiful friend. How are you? I'm good, and I'm told that you have a New Year's confession to make, do you? A confession to make? Well, I don't want to be confession, because probably half Douglas have seen me in my negligee as I'm out at night time feeling the diesel and stuff. Now, like, I have uh, to say, I've I, never had the pleasure. I've seen you I've seen you walking the Tremor Valley a few times, but oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah, suited yeah, and booted I, in the best of fashion. I Neil, it would be a pleasure, I assure you. Do you ever remember that, that guy that had all those, um, what were those sexy girls on the magazine used to wear these sick pyjamas? He, he was a billionaire. What was his name? Oh, that would, have been, that would have been your man behind Playboy, Hugh Hefner, was it? Oh, that team, yeah, that's who I looked like. That's what I was saying when I was in the Marshall Private. I was like, um, your man from Playboy with my silk dressing gown. No, need. to be honest, on a serious note, I would get up off the couch at night time if to fill the car or go for 99 or something like that. I'd get lazy, literally pure laziness. I couldn't be bothered putting on my clothes, off in my pyjamas, and else I'd go. Would you, have, would, you have would you have the fluffy slippers on? Would you have the slippers on as well? Oh, I would, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And there's so much of little flip-flops, and in the, in the winter, I'd fly fluffy kind of teddy berry um, So you would stand slippers. filling your car in the middle of winter in pyjamas and slippers Yeah, not unless somebody came over and offered to fill it for me while I went in and read the magazine, <laughs> which I would prefer, because it's so boring Why would you need to go off into Super Value? But I, they'd be Wait a second You go to Super Value in your pyjamas I would sometimes you know you're sitting there oh god I'd love a twirl now or Twix or something like that with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate and next thing you say one of them say would you go will I go no you go I'll drive you go but I won't get out of my pyjamas I said I will have no problem so off I go anyway my nice clean pyjamas I'd be after having my shower and I'd be smelling lovely and I'd queue up like anybody else and some people might say a comment oh I love your slippers or I love your top or I love your pyjamas I said please my husband's outside in the car now would there be any disparaging remarks, though, from anybody? Never, no, never. And as I say now, I do see some people big, fluffy, woolly out things with hoods on them. And, you know, they're, they're, they're little bawdy things that kind of look dirty, you know, they don't look clean. You know, those dressing gowns that are overworn and they're worn forever, you know, that kind of look. That wouldn't be me now at all. So, like, do you have you know daytime I mean? pyjamas? Is it lounging pyjamas? You don't sleep in them. I don't, oh no, I don't sleep in any pyjamas, Neil. I sleep naked, but look, that's another modern day story. I wouldn't dream of, of it. I'd hate the friction against my skin. But no, no, Neil, I'd have my little comforts at night time watching telly. I'd enjoy it. And you would say, do you ever feel like, say, God, I'd love some now a, a bag of chips? Well, you might Dino's run out of milk for the like tea that. or something like yeah, I went down to Dino's for two sausages and make a sausage sandwich or something like that and you couldn't be bothered putting on your clothes. Oh, so but you, you queue in chippers as well, do you, in your pyjamas? Well, I'd ring ahead and then I'd just grab it. <laughs> and the girls would all know me anyway, they'd be expecting me. But life would be an awful lot more simple just to pull on a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. Ah, tease, yeah, but someone just fresh and clean. Now, I wouldn't go out dirty, Neil. I wouldn't go out, like, you know, with the dirty pyjamas. It would always be something fresh. I'd always have a clean pyjamas every day anyway. You know what All I mean? Right, okay, okay. And and I'd, have, I'd have either black or silk. Red silk or red black would be my winter colours. Well, if you were wearing you know, red silk I'm in the matter, that's why they thought you looked like Hugh Hefner. Oh, do you know what to say in the matter? A woman came in the other day, she said, actually, she said, I, I never, I don't know who you are, she said, but we heard you in the marathon. Your your name went before you. They heard me from one wall to another coming down with the drip hanging out of me and I popping around. Uh, come here. Any New Year's resolutions, I wonder at all? 
I have, yeah. I'm going to get on to your show more often <laughs> and give you less holidays. <laughs> Where I don't I'm going to take over from you. Neil, I'm going to take over from you after your holidays because all I hear from... Oh, Neil, before you go, this morning on the English, on the English Breakfast Show, right? Perms are in. Your 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 hair now is going to be fashionable for two thousand and twenty four. No, 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 no. I don't. Like you haven't seen me recently. I'm down to bla- I'm down to a blade two now on the back and sides. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God, you know you lovely curls <laughs> with a bit of silver shampoo. And now your curls have been lovely. Anyway, happy New Year to you all and all the listeners. I watch out for mean Douglas in my negligee. All right, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm actually going on holidays in two weeks' time. Oh, fabulous, I'll take over from you. So, so you're free. My cross will say, Where does he get time for holidays? He's a great job. <laughs> I feel very self conscious about going on holidays, you know. I don't know why. I well, shouldn't. Sure. Isn't it nice, Neil? I was, no, o- I was over. Neat. I was over in. Where was I? I was in Aldi and Grange there recently, right? I was coming out with all of these bags and stuff, and there was this taxi driver parked next to me, right? And he rolls down the, the, the passenger window. And he says to me, worse the effect of, I have no idea what it takes to get a job like yours. You're always on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> but Dylan, did I know people are taking notice and miss? It's like when I go, oh my God, we're doing my hair before you then go. they're just nosy. That's all they are. I'll be in the salon sometimes, Neil, and I'll be about to feed. Don't get sick now. What you do now is go home when you have my hair done. <laughs> Look after me first and then go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't get me started on holidays. Anyway, oh, have a good Neil, one. I'll talk to you later. Oh, okay, my friend. Happy New Year again. Happy and New Year. Take care. Our lines will stay open. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 and email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.